everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 149th episode of the podcast, airing January 19th, 2023. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome back special guest Tara All to join me on the program to chat all about Aquarius season 2023. Now, Tara and I dive into a full treatment on the fixed air terrain that encompasses the second half of our back-to-back Saturn seasons. Saturn in Aquarius is nearing its final hurrah in its domicile territory, and we contemplate the weightier life considerations that may be at play over the next 30 days. Value, meaning, and purpose seem to be the driving factors here, and we look at potential scenarios individually, relationally, and collectively that may have a decisive impact in setting a framework for the months to come. Now, to connect visually with the astrology as we step through the charts, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. And of course, if you'd like to support this program, come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can book a personal consultation with me. You can leave a tip in my tip jar and or you can sign up for my monthly transit newsletter, The Heavenly Wind, which goes out at the beginning of each month here and we'll have a February edition shortly. So all right, who is ready to hear all about Aquarius season 2023? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome back to the program. We have special guest Tara all with us again. Thank you for joining me, Tara. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a hot second since Tara's been on the program. She joined me for uh, Libra season um, 2021, which seems like a few days ago, but now I'm yes. like, oh, that's like well over a year ago. What's what's going on here? Uh, but we had an excellent conversation. I remember how I feel like we got off the call and we were like, <laughs> I feel like we were both in a stage of a, like enlightenment <laughs> with what was coming. <laughs> yeah, it was that. awesome. I always feel it's always my favorite when you think you're going to be talking about something for someone else and you get done and you're like, oh, there's so much of that was just for myself. So I think I felt that way about it. So it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and honestly, one of the reasons why I do this forecast. Spoiler alert, people, it's their selfish motives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, like it's, it's, well, it's fun just to, I was just talking to this about Tara before we got mm. on the recording about how one of the reasons I do the podcast is I just love talking with other people about astrology and especially forecast style, because there is this kind of like, um, it becomes its own creative process you know, in the process of talking about what the potentialities are in a way that it's just, I mean, I can only have this much vision about it, but bringing someone else's vision in and then ping ponging <laughs> in pure Gemini style yeah. back and forth, you know, like it just, it just breeds its own thing. And so it's wonderful. So I'm so glad to have you back. Uh, and so for people that have not uh, heard of Tara before or caught our previous podcast, uh, let the listeners know a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a writer, astrologer, tarot reader. I'm currently in uh, Los Angeles, but I'm from Seattle area. And I have been practicing for almost, I guess, about almost 12 years. So just over the decade mark, which is exciting. That feels like it just went in the like, I don't know, a snap, but here we are. (laughs) I um, co-authored a book, Astrology by Moonlight, that came out just, just about one year old now. And my 
I, I do see clients and and teach, but my main gig is I'm the resident astrologer uh, for Sage Goddess. So that's kind of, that's me. And that's what I do. And evolutionary astrology is my base, but I am very non-denominational in the sense that like, I am very happy to pick and take from all the things that are so helpful. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, that that's wonderful. Uh, congratulations on the book, because I remember when we talked, it, you were giving us a little a hint mm. that it was coming out soon. And yeah. here it is full fledged. You said it just yeah. turned one. Yeah. It just had its first birthday. Yes. <laughs> that's great. Um, so uh, what's the name of the book? One more time. Astrology by Moonlight. And the publisher is Llewellyn. Yeah. Perfect. And so, it's um, about the moon, but it's also about the moon and, and phasal relationship with each planet. So it's kind of taking oh. a journey through your through your own moon moon planet phases in your in your birth chart or any other way you can apply it. But that was our our aim was to kind of take a deep dive into the moon. I love it. You know, if, if there's one thing, it's probably one of the most important planets. Well, it's kind of a planet. It's it's yeah. a planet, not our mind. Um, yeah. In the chart, you know, and this could be Cancer Talk speaking, but it's like it's. We are ruled by it, literally. Even if you're ruled by another planet, you are ruled <laughs> by yeah. your moon to some extent. I 100% agree. I'm a Cancer, so I have to disclose that, but I definitely <laughs> agree. Yeah, that's the most personal part. And and I feel like if you can be at home, which is a good moon word, <laughs> you can be at home in that part of yourself. It um, For me, it helps everything flow. So going back to that core center, it's mm. huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as a Capricorn moon, I need a little help there. Need a little help. I'm just I'm trying to get get to that core, that core center, feeling all right about it. But you know, I think that's right. I forgot, Tara, that you're a Cancer too. Yeah. We got so we got two two Cancers yeah. uh, in the house today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, that'd be interesting to think about two Cancers talking about Aquarius yeah. season because <laughs> yes, Aquarius season, you know, this is not <laughs> we can't see it technically. Our sun <laughs> cannot see Aquarius, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that quincunx is a full action. Yeah, so let's let's see what we come up with. <laughs> you know, and maybe there will be maybe because of that little uh, you know blind spot, so to speak. Um, there could be a whole other way of looking at it. So I'm yeah. excited to talk to you uh, about Aquarius season here, 2020. Uh, it says 2022 in my notes, but you know. <laughs> Can't go back in time, better change that. 2023. Oh my gosh, yeah. you know, doesn't quite have the ring, you know, it doesn't have the same no. ring as 122, but no. um, here we are. So Aquarius season, it's going to uh start very shortly here. We're actually recording this just a few days before it starts. Um, mm -hmm. in the in the, the soup that is known as Mars Stationing Direct and, and Mercury about the station tomorrow, as Tara and I talk here today. Oh. Um, but the Aquarius ingress happens on Friday, January 20th. And so before we get into our full on uh, deep dive of the transits, let's break down a little bit about Aquarius season and its energy just in general. Mm. So, you know, we're talking about fixed air here. We've got a lot of uh, experience with Aquarius in the last <laughs> couple of years, um, thinking about Saturn being an Aquarius and really Saturn is getting to the end of its Aquarius transit here, uh, and especially in Aquarius season. Uh, and of course we just got out or we're ending uh, Capricorn season right now too. So there is this back-to-back uh, Saturnian focus that is at play. So, uh, just more, just more Saturn coming in, you know, I love some Saturn. Uh, but Tara, you know, what's, what's your initial impressions of Aquarius energy? Um, and just as 
energy itself, but also this time of year. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I just did a lecture on fixed signs, like fixed signs in general, kind of in my mind, even before I dial in just to Aquarius, I think that, um, in my my old school class times with Lara Nalbandi, and she would really talk about how value VMP value meaning and purpose right. That's what fixed mm-hmm. signs want value meaning and purpose, and they're always looking to find value meaning and purpose for what was initiated in the prior cardinal sign. So for me, you just kind of teed this up perfectly. What does it what does it mean to move from something that's initiated in Capricorn? And then into the next stage of actually saying, you know, value, meaning, and purpose, but also what can we do with it? And part of that energy is about figuring out what works and what doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, it's no news to anybody, right, that Aquarius is very much about progression, right, moving things forward or getting things unstuck. But it's interesting that it's also a fixed sign. Like, I find it it funny of, of myself even saying that. Because part of its job is to also hold things in concentrated energy, right? So mm-hmm. in some ways, I think of it as almost having to do two things at the same time, right? With yeah. with, with Aquarius. And I also think of it as um, fixed air being like the eye of the hurricane. I think, you know, years ago, John Chinworth and I, who's another astrologer, he and I kind of geeked out on sort of what would be the elemental image if you go through each of the signs, right? And if you think about the eye of the hurricane, it's like, where is that still spot or where can you sort of find that space of agency inside things that are whirling or moving? Mm. So, I mean, that's initially, but of course, always at the core with Aquarius for me always feels like change, right? And I feel that in myself right now, just in in, in general, to, to your point about what do I feel kind of collectively right now? Change, but as you and I were talking about before, almost the uh, crucible before the change. Like, I don't know that, the, I don't know that Aquarius season is going to be when we leap off the edge or when we fully get out of the box to use, you know, kind of old terminology, but we certainly will have new, I guess, energy rising up around what doesn't work. And that's part of what I'm kind of feeling into what's stuck, right? What's, even though it's a fixed sign, what's stuck and needs to be unstuck so we can build something more stable. Yeah, I guess is my initial yeah. take on it. Yeah, it really has a reform quality uh, to it, um, Aquarius does. And Lord knows we've had some time to look at what's stuck and what's not working in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, Mars has gone retrograde for quite some time, not of course, not in Aquarius, of course, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, just having uh, Mars and Mercury being uh, retrograde and having gone through just, you know... The, the potent Saturn and Uranus uh, <laughs> tension mm-hmm. that's been happening the last couple of years. It's like, it feels like there's nothing necessarily totally new that's coming to that table. But if we were looking for yeah. that hold back perspective mm-hmm. and that kind of like airy detachment that Aquarius can give us, um, because a lot of times the only way to solve problems in life is to get a distance from it. Yep. Right. And so I think that Aquarius does give us, um, that, uh, distance, uh, which is good, you know, like it's kind of bird, like that eagle eye, that bird's mm-hmm. eye view. And you can kind of think about, you know, big picture being more of a Jupiterian or Sagittarius thing. But I think Aquarius definitely lends itself to, um, that as well. And especially when we think about the, the actual, um, you know, representative of Aquarius, mm. which is this water bearer, you know, everybody thinks that Aquarius is in that a water sign. You're like, you know, and yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, Kind of. I mean, there is a water quality is there's this idea of taking, um, you know, the, this, this 
the more humane thought and then like dispersing it um, and spreading it, you know, dripping it down and raining it among yeah. all um, there. So um, yeah, I, I like that. I, I, I like that. I feel like, and I feel like it's the precursor um, as you know, you just mentioned, we we're talking about this precursor of this interesting in-between mm. spot between before we get this like super action that's going to be happening especially once mm-hmm. airy season gets here mm. um but yeah aquarius season might not have like all the juicy bits and you know but it is a crucial component <laughs> i think to what the year has in store and yeah as you were talking i was thinking like the capricorn sometimes you know it pushes and pushes for things i mean and i'm i mean I have Capricorn in the midheaven. So like I have my own experience with that. It's like, I got to do it. I'm kind of get up that hill or get up that mountain or I got to keep working at it. And I think that that Aquarius, it's funny because both Capricorn and Aquarius can have very broad view, right? So I think oftentimes Capricorn brings objectivity, but I feel like when you're pushing hard to get somewhere, sometimes you can't drop the load enough to actually step back mm-hmm. and expand. And so I, that's when I feel it in my body, I kind of feel that the difference of push, push, push versus all of a sudden a little bit of the, I guess, the ease or the levity of able being able to step back and then ask the question, is it worth it? Because I think that's a big part of it. And you know how Capricorn sometimes like it just doesn't want to give up or doesn't want to give in. And so we keep on pushing for the thing. Aquarius is more comfortable breaking with stuff right mm. so it's still sadder and if we want to think about traditional rulers which i do i work with co-rulers but it's a different version it's like it's weird do you, do you ever think about this like this the stability that comes from some instability right I'll, i feel like that's like the, the mode yeah. of my life <laughs> yeah but yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. i mean the, that's the idea of like the whole, you know, reform or like revising something or making something better is that it can't be stable forever. Like yeah. and there's no progress, you know, yeah. and there's no invention if, mm-hmm. if, if something is like runs the course of stability forever. So there is this kind of destabilizing process um, that happens and. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, of course we can bring kind of that Uranian component in, especially if you're thinking about co-ruler involvement, because Uranus is that planet that is all about, you know, the, the great awakening and and sudden change and shifts, um, that, that come in and then how do we stabilize that? Right. And, you know, there's this idea too, when you're talking about the pushing of the Capricorn Saturn versus (laughs) the, you know, like maybe the, more detached overview of the more like framework and blueprinting mm-hmm. of Aquarius because you know Capricorn's pushing because it wants results. I mean it's an earth yep. sign. It's like show oh, yeah. me, show me. I want to see, I want to put make up the walls, you know. But Aquarius, you know, this to me is more of like a, a construct that is based in ideals mm-hmm. um rather than you know the actual like result right away you know um which it's interesting when we think about to bring back the whole progression of it you know how does one lead into another um i think one thing i really felt aligned with the old capricorn to aquarius uh piece was a one time i heard bill maher um who's like a comedian talks Mm -hmm. piece um he just said something where he said 
shame, he's like saying that shame is needed because shame, like public shame, <laughs> needs to reform. Oh. And I was always like, oh. you know what? There's a good piece in that because, and that's not even just in, in the public and the collective yeah. life. That's in our own life when, you know, because shame is not totally, I mean, it it can have its its downers where we don't need mm-hmm. to have shame involved and you want to release mm-hmm. that, of course. But sometimes I think that a healthy shame <laughs> is yeah. what leads us to be better people um, and make better choices and construct our life in better ways. Yeah. Do you remember reading? I recently I was poking around on something Dane Rudjar, and I wasn't even looking for this, but I came across the part where I think it's in the Pulse of Life under Aquarius. I was looking at Aquarius for something, but he was talking about how there are you know two of the fixed signs are what he calls solstitial release of power, and two of them are equinoctial, right? Depending on whether they come after the equinox or the solstice. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the ones that come after the solstice. So Aquarius is one of those, right? Coming after Capricorn, that it actually has to have sort of like this outburst of power. So the fixed energy instead of drawing in with the yin fixed signs Mm -hmm. it actually has to push out because capricorn and cancer can both polarize so much in the sense of like capricorn can be so focused on the social image or so focused on it that it's interesting i think we often think fixed you know pulling in condensing but he talks about almost like this punching out punching out to create that space and i you know it kind of gave me this whole new sort of perspective on wow they're really that is a lot of what is happening with Aquarius. And that's why sometimes it seems so radical, right? It's literally having to have this like outburst of energy that's become, you know, too defined or too rigid in its way. Now we know in its own way, it can become rigid too. That's why I always, always like pull back and say, well, we all know that there's Aquarius energy that, you know, once it gets fixed in its ways, it's, you know, it's just as rigid as the thing it's trying to overcome, but that's kind of like all energy. I feel like really, but yeah. That that is true. You know, there's polarities to everything, and at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's a fixed sign. It yep. is a fixed sign. So is it? Is it? What's it fixated on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes, is it fixated on what can change yeah. and what can evolve, or is it fixated yeah. on you know keeping something that it's deemed as uh, the best option or the oh. way to go? You know, like it has proven yeah. results, and so why reinvent the wheel? You know, yeah. like kind of thing. And so it can go either way. And sometimes that that is needed. Sometimes change is pushed for that. You know, you don't, it doesn't need to be improved upon or that's why it's always, I remember having Wade Caves on the program some time Mm -hmm. ago. And I think we talked, I think we were talking about when Saturn moved into Aquarius. That was the Mm -hmm. actual episode. And he kind of was like, you know, you got to be very conscious of what the change it is that you're pushing for because ideals can get, um, you know, can drive you so much that you don't see the bigger consequences that are on the horizon from disrupting. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's mm-hmm. hard. It's, it's, it's a double-edged sword a little bit there. It is. So, you know, that, that's something to think about when we, we talk about Aquarius season. And when you said the Aquarius season comes into mind, change comes into mind. That was when like a little part of me was like, mm, I wonder if it's, that's our, our uh, cancer, you know, aversion perspective, just because it's the eighth house <laughs> placement from cancer. And so there is that, uh, you know, all you cancer risings out there, cancer sun, who might feel Aquarius is definitely a place that um, challenges some sort of transition in life. But, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, there is that Uranian uh, piece to it that. that but there can also be a, um, I don't know if harsh is the right word, but compared to the cancer energy, if we just play on that for a second, right, that it kind of likes things to be more 
you know, wants to feel like it's taken care of and there's a certain personal approach, right? And and there is a, a when, when I say harsh, I just mean simply a kind of a, a realistic stepping back of what really needs to be handled, what's really going on. It doesn't cater so much to that, um, you know, tender kind of sensitive side of cancer. So that 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 sense of sort of being, whoa, maybe we can understand that this is ABC is better for everybody, but it's very hard sometimes for cancer to take that personally. So one of my things I learned so much from Aquarius is how to, how to not take it personally. Like it's a gift to watch someone who can really work with that energy in a healthy way and still have humanity. Right. Cause of course it can go too far on the side of losing yeah. sight of that. But, but yeah, so, so of course the change is not, not only is the change scary, but it's going to be change and no one's going to care if I'm, you know, sad or hurting or, you know, fine. Who cares yeah. about how I feel with Exactly. It yeah. Oh my goodness. That's funny. <laughs> well, Saturn has not cared how we feel for no. quite some time. Yes. Yes. I'm well aware. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, we are reaching the end of that Saturn Aquarius mm-hmm. transit, you know, Saturn and Pisces is going to be a whole nother beast. Mm-hmm. Um, that is definitely going to be a, a, a big change in its own right. Um, mm-hmm. and that is a, <laughs> that is an episode to come of course, but for now we're really fixated on these last degrees of Saturn being in Aquarius, mm-hmm. uh, because there's, you know, we have, the just to give a lunar overview of the season we have our new moon in aquarius uh which is almost immediate after the ingress like the day after pretty much and and uh venus happens to be conjunct saturn there so we'll we'll definitely talk about um Mm -hmm. what that new moon has in store but then we have uh it's almost like one more lighting of the Saturn Uranus square to some extent. I mean, they are very much separating, uh, but we have a full moon that is going to be square Uranus and lighting up, um, mm-hmm. you know, the midpoint of eclipse seasons too. So that's another big part of the uh, Aquarius season is that it's kind of midpoint of eclipses. We also have fixed quarters. So to bring mm-hmm. back, um, you know, Tara, what was it that you said with the meaning, the what's the, value, the, uh, value, meaning, and purpose. Yeah. Meaning and purpose. Um, I love that because, you know, when we think about all the lunar uh, the lunar cycle and fixed quarters, you know, we can, if you can keep those three words in your mind, that's right. As, as you make decisions from each, um, you know, point, uh, I think that would be a solid strategy. <laughs> no, no joke. And, and I had, I looked at, I mean, I went through kind of my, was writing a blog on the top ast- astrological events for 2023. And so of the, of the 16 that I highlighted, half of them are in fixed signs. So that adds to the whole, not even just right now, but that adds to the whole year of value, meaning, and purpose. So I was like, ooh, that's like, that's a lot of fixed energy to to be paying attention to. But when we do that, I guess when I mean for all of us, whatever that means to find that place to really ask those hard questions, right? Is what I'm doing worth it, right? Is there meaning in this particular thing or is there not meaning in this particular thing? It really does free us up to do things that are meaningful, which to me is a big part of this Aquarius energy we're talking about. Because you got to have space and you got to have energy if you're going to go and reinvent and innovate and all those things. I'm totally guilty of not making enough of that space in my life. I have been like obsessing over making space in my life recently Mm. because I think about like all the things that I'm, that I'm trying to do 
trying to, you know, well, it could be the fact that Mars is stationing on my Mars in Gemini, so, <laughs> yes. which is already square Saturn in my chart. So it's Ooh. like, how much do you think you really can do? Um, but there is, you know, that is such a Saturnian concept. There's only so much time. There's only so much energy. What are you, what are you putting it towards? And so value, meaning, and purpose, I mean, those are some pretty good keywords to back your yeah. energy up with. Right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I like that too, creating space. Um, yeah. That's that's a good way of looking at it too. Mm-hmm. So now another thing that's going to be happening is, um, of course, when Aquarius season starts, Mercury will have gone direct, but we have to wait a couple more days till Uranus stations direct. But at that point, we have all yep. planets in, yep. in direct motion. It's mm-hmm. like... <laughs> It's like, you know, you feel the train start to leave the station, so to speak. Yes. Whether or not you have a full seat or hanging off or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's going. catching it as it's going, as it's leaving the tracks. (laughs) But Mm. it is, that train be a rolling. Um, And I think a lot of people are waiting for the train to roll. I know that I am to some extent. Of course, there still needs to be some weeding and that space making that we're talking about here. But, you know, it is, um, you know, there's planets be moving and we are going forward at that time. Now, of course, Mars is going to be slowly be gaining speed this whole time. It's going to take some, it's going to take a moment for Mars to to get going here because it really doesn't leave Gemini until the end of March. So not happening this season, folks. You hang in there. Um, You know, Mercury still has to navigate its remaining shadow phase and Capricorn before it moves into Aquarius. Um, And Venus at some point here will also move into Pisces, which will be nice too. So there's um, a lot for us to dissect. So Mm -hmm. let me go ahead and share my screen here. So for those of you who are watching the video and uh, Tara and I can start to take a look at What's going on here? What's going on? All right. So once again, we have our ingress uh, January 20th. It'll be about noon 30 here. Um, Not noon 30, midnight 30, uh, in at least in San Diego, where I'm located on the Pacific coast. Um, But we are in this interesting cycle of the season starting with a, a pretty rich balsamic moon that is, is getting ready for a new moon. Um, uh, which is going to happen the next day on uh, Saturday, the 21st, when we have our new moon in Gemini. And so, what well, I mean, what's your take on that, Tara? Just kind of the season starting in this really dark phase and immediately turning over in early degrees. Any any thoughts on that? Mm, I mean, I, with the, you know, we're in this series of new moons that are all super, super new moons, right? Or new super moons. And mm-hmm. I think that has some significance too, as we pull into that. But before we get to that, I don't know. I just think it adds the need to let stuff go, right? That's the balsamic phase in general, but I just think it adds, I think it's almost like a contrast because sometimes I feel like when something's starting new and it's also, I mean, look at, I mean, Pluto's conjunct the sun, right? Yeah. Which as it, as, I mean, so it's almost sometimes there's an intense maybe feeling of what we're still attached to so we can see it, see it clear. That's kind of how it feels to me when I'm looking at it. Yeah. Because yeah, how, that, I, mm, that's a good way of looking at it. Think yeah. about that crossover of Pluto before, you know, before we have that mm-hmm. new moon. I think that's the last, um, 
uh, that's the last uh, thing that the moon does before it actually conjuncts yeah. the sun. So that's. But if you can feel it, I mean, this is the positive side to feeling something intense, even if it feels uncomfortable, then you can know, you can see, see or feel what's there. So you can make space. So if we get extra uncomfortable, I kind of think, well, that's kind of great. How, how, you know, how uncomfortable does it take to get us to do something different? Right. Oftentimes it takes, it takes a lot, right. (laughs) We can speak for ourselves or I speak for myself. I know it's true. That's just what this feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, and really being reflective with how much change has happened, even if you have to make change in your life, like maybe there, this is the dawning of the changes to come, but perhaps you have made the change, some changes Mm -hmm. and you're sitting with that and reflecting on, uh, just the journey and, you know, the intensity that, uh, was, has taken you to get to this place in your particular story. Um, and then that seeding into sort of the new world that can be created, you know, the new framework and the kind of the, the, the pulling back and the improvement that we were talking about with Aquarius, um, as just a cycle to begin with. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a interesting to think about that, um, progression there of that, you know, we just starting the season with this balsamic moon, you know, mm-hmm. it's basically moving light from Mercury to, uh, Pluto there, um, with a little stop with Neptune along the way. And so it <laughs> yeah. seems like a, <laughs> Seems like an interesting little uh, Friday, interesting reflective Friday um, that yeah. is going to take us to our our new moon. So let me go ahead and just pull that up because it really is pretty immediate here. So uh, the following day on January 21st, we have our uh, new moon, one degree and 32 minutes of Aquarius. Of course, some things we notice that are going on, uh, you know, this is, like we said, this is a Saturn, at least, um, you know, if you're using traditional rulers, this is Mm -hmm. a Saturn ruled new moon. Uh, And we see Venus right here, smack dab on on Saturn. So that will definitely play a piece into uh, what's happening with this new moon. Um, what else we got going on here? We got Mercury trining, uh, the North node almost exactly there. And it's starting to gain speed itself. Um, and we have Uranus who is just about to station retrograde or it's not, not retrograde, been mm-hmm. retrograde station direct. You can't see in the chart here. Um, yep. so- but it, but it's about to happen. Yeah. Um, so what are your impressions of some, some of that, uh, and there's, did, there's also a sextile to Jupiter. Did you say that? Because oh. that's there too to the to the new moon. So I think that's a nice. Oh yeah, can't forget. Yeah. Just leaving Jupiter out. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does it, Jupiter it, it, about. That's right. It says no. It's coming to the forefront. <laughs> well, I was mentioning because I was doing a little. I was just poking a little bit more into the astronomy, which I don't do very much. But this particular new moon. Oh, I mean, it's a super moon, so it's at perigee, which we know, but it's going to be as close to the Earth. There will not be another one that close to our planet till 2145. So I think when I think about new moon and it being as close to Earth as it's you know going to be for a long time, to me, that just intensifies the energy, yeah. right? Intense. So, and, and especially with that harmonizing with Jupiter, the ability to set new intentions and, you know, move forward and, and, tap into our inner vision, right? And actually start to act on that. I feel like that's a powerful, 
powerful cosmic helping. I mean, you know what I mean? To help us along the way a little bit. That's like an extra oomph, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, once again, to kind of think about that transference of that, that, that super moon, that's so close to earth there in mm-hmm. it moving from the conjunction with Pluto to fusing with the sun yes. to the sextile with Jupiter, you know, if that's mm-hmm. not a, uh, <laughs> if that's not like a out with the old and in with the new, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's a powerhouse and on both sides, cause you've got help transforming the old and you've got help going forward with the new. Oh. Yeah. Could be yeah, unsettling though. We talked about yeah. value. Meet- <laughs> I mean, we, t- we talked about value meeting and purpose. And of course, Venus, you know, one of the things that, you know, Venus is associated with value. So Saturn yeah. can jump. Venus is going to really, I think, hold that energy maybe close to us, kind of like our feet to the fire around. Okay. You know, what are you actually working for? And of course, relationships too in there, but even just at the core level, you know, to me, Saturn and, and Venus together is about what's working and what's not working in all your relationships. So that's not just with people, right? But your relationship with your stuff, your relationship with your job, your relationship with life, right? How What's working and what's not. And commitments, I feel, is part of this too, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? What do we commit to? What do we not commit to? Yeah. It feels like a whole new, yeah. There's like a, a fresh form of commitment. Like it's almost like you're, you know, cause Saturn's so strong there. Right. Yes. Cause at the, at the end of the day, I mean, everything is looking to Saturn still like <laughs> Saturn is the Saturn's the end of the chain here. Um, and Saturn has a very, you know, Saturn is looking at things with a very sober view um i like to think it still has that kind of the distance and the perspective that we're Mm -hmm. talking about thinking about the future and strategizing for the bigger you know picture of things in the long term but it does have that discernment it feels like and so um i love that and because I feel like we talked about this on the Libra. Po- I remember us talking about relation. <laughs> well, I mean, of course it's Libra, but um, just that idea of being in relation to just about anything. And I know uh, Michael J. Morris yeah. and I talked about that on the program too. And this is a great time to think about that. <laughs> you know, I'm in relation with, uh, you know, my significant other, uh, my yeah. boss, my, my client, uh, my, that chocolate bar that I keep eating every yeah. night at 9 p.m. When I yeah. should be chocolate, you know? Um, and so there could be, this is a great time to draw certain lines. Uh, I would think in relation to relation <laughs> and what yeah. just it, when there's a sense of balance um, just in your life in general, that mm-hmm. is aligned with these things that we're talking about of, you know, meaning and, and purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Etc. And yeah. So it feels like a turning point for a lot of relation, just relationships, just in yep. general. Because I mean, anytime Venus yeah. and Saturn meet, this is like the conjunction mm. that's like, who are you and what are you committing to for a whole year? We'll check back in next time. And last year, honestly, that was a rough, that was a rough situation for Venus, right? Because she was mm. smack dab in between Mars and Saturn during her conjunctions there. So yeah. this is a little bit of a different flavor. Yeah, I think I mean, you're right. We may have talked about this this topic partly last year, which is funny, but I always think too, Venus is just with partnerships, right? And so oftentimes when I'm this kind of thing comes up in conversation or with a client, I'll say, especially with Saturn and Venus contacts, 
how are you choosing to partner with life or are you not choosing to partner with life, right? Because every day it's a choice, right? Am I going to co-create with it? Am I part of the energy or am I fighting against it? Am I just trying to get by? And so you can ask, I think those are important questions to ask ourselves. Right now, times are difficult, right? It's, I mean, it's really difficult. I was talking to someone earlier today who was saying that, you know, he really feels like that part of the reason why energy is so weird right now, it's almost like, the whole pandemic time, plus all the other kind of tumultuous things we've been through has kind of consolidated into now. It's almost like we're getting results of sort of all of it, which feels true to me just based on my own experiences in life where some days I'll just be like, what a weird day. Do you know what I mean? Like, where is that coming from? And so I think part of this is a, is a challenge in, other, in some ways to ask us to reconsider how do we want to be part of this thing we call life or do we at all? I mean, I don't mean that in a scary doom and gloom way, but it's a valid question. It just, it makes me think of a, a good friend of mine just sent a, a reel just like an hour before I got on the call with you where it's just, uh, it's like this big gorilla who just like falls over on his back. And it's like, when you, you know, when you've been saying for years, well, it is what it is. And then the react, the cold, hard reality hits you. And then the gorilla yeah. falls, you know, because yep. it is, I think you're absolutely right. Yep. There is an accumulation mm-hmm. of hardship and stress. Mm-hmm. And the, and I honestly, that makes so much sense with Saturn reaching the end of Aquarius, yep. you know, it's since 20, what is it? 2018 that it's been in back to back uh, you know, Capricorn and Saturn, we've been through a pandemic. We like right now I have extra clothing on and a heating blanket because I can't run my gas heater because natural gas is so expensive right now that I'm trying to avoid like a $400 gas bill. (laughs) Like it's little things like that. You know, the way society is structured and set up that we're literally just feeling the weight and kind of the burden, especially within our comforts, you know, that's a very Venus Saturn thing too. Um, where there are, you know, these kind of like sacrifices to one's own comfort in relation mm-hmm. to the larger scheme that's at work too. I mean, that's a whole nother like facet of this, of course. I want to err on the side yeah. of like, how can we work with this and make choices for our life? But there, there still <laughs> is that, there is that at play. And especially when we're in these um, um, collective based signs where we are directly in- affected by what's around us. But maybe that's the beauty of the growth opportunities with mm-hmm. Jupiter and Aries is that given everything that we've been through and, and the, the constructs of society that we still have to work within, um, you know, where is our agency within that? Yeah. Where's the optimism? Where's the, uh, just the, the, the vital instinctual response to start anew and believe that every day is a brand new day and be yeah. willing to engage with it, I guess. Yeah. And what do you, for me, I also have a feeling about like, it's, it's also to me, like looking at who our allies are and maybe in mm. some ways we've underestimated and that can be human allies or all kinds of intelligences. You know, I mean, I say that really broadly when I say allies, um, because in many ways, I mean, I know the eleventh house. I think to be more that way. But Aquarius, in general, I think about that, right? Who are we? Who are we? Who are what? What alliances and what allies do we have? And I think in some ways we may have we underestimate sometimes where those resources are, or we think it looks like a bestie, right? Or we think it looks like the person who we have the the most affinity for, but really it may be someone that that's not the case at all. But the way we can actually work together to do something differently becomes, you know, a great alliance. So that had been on my mind too coming into this season. 
Mm, I love that. I mean, that is, that's a big part of Aquarius as a sign, you know, there is the, this social component, uh, and this alliance and this networking and the, uh, the the groups and organizations that make up, um, you know, just camaraderie as people, but also like agencies when we think about like interacting with the different, uh, you know, social systems that are set up. Um, so there is that, uh, I love that idea of, of the allies and the importance mm-hmm. of like concrete bonds and, yeah. you know, making commitments to, to this and like developing relationships that are on solid ground, um, and have this yeah. kind of like give and take that is reliable, I guess, to some extent too, when we think about Saturn there. So I, I love that. Um, yeah. Ally, ally energy for sure. Uh, it's so funny because throughout my life, like even though I'm a cancer, all my all my besties, like all my like like besties, you know, yeah. they've <laughs> always been Aquarius. There's always I don't um, know what it is, but it's always there's always Aquarius energy that comes in there. So um, yeah, hmm. I love that. That's that's sweet. So. Hmm. Now Uranus, what about Uranus stationing in this? Is there, uh, there feels like there is kind of that, like, you know, <laughs> like there is this yeah. like shift that, that comes with that too. And maybe the restlessness uh, and the readiness of change um, and, you know, that the value, meaning and purpose and like, yeah. especially being in Taurus and how... Yeah how we're making decisions, um, and moving forward with the the opportunity with that Jupiter piece. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, well, it's since it's the modern ruler of, you know, yeah. the, the, the new moon and all that stuff in Aquarius, we can, you know, mm-hmm. give it kind of some, I guess, some equal respect for kind of how it's leading the show here. But I think in many ways for me, and I know like with the outer planets, right? We know every year they're direct for a long time and then and maybe they're retrograde and direct for a long time. So it's not it's not quite as exciting of a shift as like something, you know, that more intermittently changes. But I always feel that when it does that, when Uranus turns direct, part of that authenticity, being authentic, moving forward in that way that's in alignment with your your own natural self, that becomes extra important. It's an extra push. So I just think that adds. I guess I'm really just kind of agreeing with what you were saying before, but it adds to that push to do something different and not just something different to be different, but to do something different that shifts you to be physically, energetically, however you want to define that in more in alignment with what and who you really are. And I sometimes think of Uranus as higher mind, right? So if that's kind of what it's tapping into, sometimes I think of it as like soul, soul mind, right? I mean, that's like kind of one way I, when I think about that energy. Um, but it demands not just awakening, but authenticity. Mm. Yeah. Well, I love that because I mean, with any earth sign, essentially there is this quality of embodiment that comes with it, Yeah, you know, and um, especially when, you know, Uranus is being uh, governed by that Venus who's on Saturn, there is mm-hmm. this, you know, that's <laughs> kind of chaining back there. Yeah. Um, and so really stepping in that role and being able to embody embody the ideal, embody the commitment, uh, you know, embody the, the value and maybe the hard effort and long-term strategy that goes into living the, a life that is aligned with such things, especially if we're at a point of change. Um, 
you know, change doesn't necessarily happen overnight, especially in fixed signs. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no, but you're so right because with that fixed energy, I mean, which Taurus is fixed as well, right? That it's not enough to just kind of know it or think about it or have the idea, right? We have to actually be doing it. Um, and with, and at new moon, we don't need to know how it's going to turn out, right? Yeah. It really is about getting, and I think that's where we can give ourselves I guess a little bit of a break, right? It doesn't have to be fully formulated. Here's what the stops are going to look like. And here's where it ends up. What's important is that you feel that space of, oh, this is actually more me, right? Or this is where I need more room or space. Like we were saying before, this has more value, meaning purpose to me. And you take a step, right? And that's Taurus too, right? Taurus is not racing forward right? It is, to me, it's like solid steps in a, in the direction that that's worth it. And it's also not wasting energy, yeah. which is another thing to think about, right? Cause there's a tendency sometimes with, you know, some of the other energies to like, I don't know, just, you know, not pay attention at really how much energy it takes even to do small things. Like I always think of this example, even the energy it takes to run the old story I have in my head about what it means that we're doing right now is taking up a huge amount of my vitality. So even those little challenges of, and we're talking about all this Aquarius, right? So what's in my mind, right? What are is going in in my thought patterns or where is my story taking me? Um, and when we add this into Mercury, you know, still kind of making its way, you know, not, you know, still in its shadow. Part of that is how do you, how do you want to tweak the story? And, and do you want to keep running energy into a story that kind of keeps you stuck or keeps you doing what you've always done. So I think all of those things together is just this huge impetus to like, not just take a step physically, but take a step to hold space for something different, which is always awkward, right? Cause you don't know. And it's new moon. So no, you don't, you don't know. You know, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, you have an inkling, but you know, you don't know. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the new moon, right? Cause we're talking mm -hmm. about a cycle being set up. So everything that we're kind of, uh, you know, emphasizing at this point in time on Saturday, January 21st is <laughs> to be, you know, pieced out, uh, over, yeah. you know, 28, 29 day cycle there. Yeah. So if you don't have it all figured out, you know, on the 21st don't worry it's all it's all yeah. part of the the reconfiguration process that goes on here um now what's interesting is like the next day on that sat, uh sunday we have the uh that when uranus actually stations yeah. direct there we have the moon squaring it at the same at the same time uh pretty much as it stations um so just uh if you really want to feel those kind of uranian <laughs> flare-ups that might happen sunday the 22nd is definitely going to have that involved and you know it once again, it could be this just this playoff of the longer story of Saturn and Uranus squaring, you know, like the, yeah. this is a very long, um, you know, storyline that has been going on for the last couple of years. And we're getting mm -hmm. to the final pieces of it. Uh, but Uranus going direct and Saturn finally moving on, you know, like this feels like really like we wanted to say like last fall was kind of it, but mm -hmm. yeah, to me, there's still these pieces mm -hmm. that are lingering. Mm -hmm. um, and this could be one of those delodging moments, <laughs> so to speak, um, that is pushed off that new moon energy, at least in my eyes. Oh, hundred percent. The first thing I was going to say is that could be a day to really feel stuck. And again, I would really embrace that because that's how you dislodge, right? You again, but those energies and with that, you know, you're on a square, the moon and Saturn conjunct Venus, like, that's not easy. 
So, but super powerful in the sense of, I mean, to me, super liberating if you can be okay being uncomfortable for a little bit. That's the thing. Absolutely. It has a big freedom signature to it. Mm -hmm. Huge. Um, But sometimes the nature of the freedom and the liberation is maybe not what we had anticipated or wanted, or maybe we did want it, but when it's staring us in the face, it's has not like, I love that word that you used awkward. You know, there, there is not to say that Aquarius is awkward energy by any means, but, uh, you know, I, it can have this, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it just feels like a fitting word for for some reason with it. Well, Um, even, even dissonance can feel like that Aquarian energy, but again, we have a tendency to like assign those some sort of a negative meaning. That's not what I mean by it. I just mean, that's part of, that's part of what it offers us to shift into something else. If we were, if we were comfortable and cozy and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We never no. change. Yeah. <laughs> we never. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it's almost like sit with it, sit with the discomfort, mm-hmm. sit with the, with the changes, sit with what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and, and possibly just because obviously the moon then goes on to make those conjunctions mm-hmm. with, uh, Venus and Saturn that day later too. Um, you know, there's something about that wake up of the, the Uranian energy that then leads into sort of the, the commitment binding of the Venus Saturn piece, um, and where we move on to there. Um, but the beauty of that is it literally leads us into uh, a couple days later, the, uh, sun, um, Jupiter sextile. So, you know, mm. you, we get out of this, this potentially awkward and change and stucky kind of feeling space to then all of all this possibility, right? <laughs> the potential of opportunity and new beginnings and how we work with that. It feels like whatever came before that was kind of worth, <laughs> worth its uh, yeah. tension and weirdness yeah. in order to get to that opening. Mm-hmm. Yep, I totally agree. Sometimes, yeah, the the push is worth it if you're willing to get, you know, have a little push. Then here you are, and in that new space, with space for a whole new story, which in my mind these days is the most exciting thing any of us can do. Because once we, as we all know, once we shift that, right, everything else is different. Yeah, that's right. You know, and that's it's take that one, take that one home, put it in your pocket in Aquarius season. Because yeah. You know, it's not ruled by Mercury, but it is an air sign. And it's, you know, how 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 the mind is functioning and the perspective and the viewpoint yeah. um, and the story. Story is so big. We yeah. tend to discount, discount it because it's always running. It's always going in our mind. Yep. Although there are some people out there that supposedly do not have a voice in their head that talks. I Did you hear that going around? Like, no, I know. No. We we're like, what? And there is a just newsflash for any of you that haven't heard this. This might've been like a year or two ago, maybe even longer at this point. But there's this, there was this whole article where there is like some people don't have a running dialogue in their head. And I know this because I actually know a few people that were like, wait, you have voice talking in your head? Like it's a thing. And so many of us would love to like quiet that, (laughs) that voice. But, and it made me think, I'm like, what is going on in someone's head that doesn't have that 
that narr- narrator constantly like is it more oh. instinctual is it more animal like it yeah. was fascinating and blew my mind to even think about yeah that is interesting and then you have to wonder i mean they have to still figure i still i mean there's still some story there the question is just sort of like where it comes from right yeah yeah there's definitely a story but how but, is it hmm. how does it circle is it picture like it if i you know what I would trade to spend 24 hours in someone's brain that thought just to experience it because it fascinates me and I'm so curious about it. Um, but I, I'm tangenting right now. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's interesting. And I think I have South Node in Gemini, so there's just no way that I stop the story in my head. Yeah. Know? Oh, no, like, that's everything. You came out with the story. <laughs> oh, but, um, but I was thinking when you're talking about like this ability to shift the story with Aquarius, I sometimes think of Aquarius as like, um, I'm like, I have like these crystals hanging in my windows that, that make like these rainbows in my living room, right? That kind of energy. And Mm -hmm. I think of Aquarius that way is sort of looking through a faceted crystal that allows you to see things in that different way. So the rainbow was one example, right? So the, the things are still what they are, but how you look through changes everything. And I think that, 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 um, that vision or that lens is very much something that, that Aquarius that we can all do through that archetype, which of course we all have, you know, all of them. So it's available to us, but with these particular transits and things happening, we have more, you know, I guess that crystal is more close to your eye. If you want to think of it that way, if you want to just take a peek. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's like prismy. Yeah. yeah the, or yep. even like collide. <laughs> like yes. The kaleidoscope. Like, yes. Oh, yep. yep. um, yeah. No, no, that that's, that's great. Cause there's, and if that's, you know what, that's the beauty of Jupiter. That's the beauty of the sun meeting Jupiter there is because Jupiter is all mm-hmm. about the broadened perspective and the deepening uh, yeah. that is potential with yeah. the way you view your world and the multitude of um, ways you can look at things and twist it around and create, you know, you know, dive into the abstract mm-hmm. nature that life really is. It's not you know, we try to finite it and put it into particular boxes and stories. And this is what it is. But, you know, all we have to do is turn something around like a few different times and a few different angles. Um, and you get a whole new perspective. And so really, I, you know, I feel like the beginning of the week, especially, you know, especially once the moon gets to Aries, um, which will be Mm -hmm. Wednesday, January 25th, uh, we'll have the moon conjunct um, Jupiter and make a sextile to the sun at that time. So there, there feels like if you're waiting, well, maybe not waiting, but you know, if you (laughs) primed for kind of that new fresh energy to really kick off this new moon period and to tap into that Jupiter uh, sun sextile that's going on, it's like midweek, we're blessed with the the rush of new beginning kind of inspiration and like go get emness you know especially since this this is the first time we're going to have an aries moon where mars is also direct now right yeah. so it does seem like a very fresh breath of air so to speak then yeah yeah that and if you think about aries <laughs> sometimes i think adam gainsburg would always say that Aries is streaming consciousness. Like it's literally mm-hmm. like now in the moment, right? And so yeah. I always think the invitation when there's something interacting with anything in Aries is to like, literally like be so present now 
that you literally like life reveals itself to you in the moment. And that's one, I think one of the most powerful things about the instinctual nature of Aries. So this is, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking that's part of the invitation here, right? Can you open yourself or your mind to what's actually happening right now, which what's actually happening right now is nothing to do with the story. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, mm. it's just what is revealing, which I find exciting. Although most of the time I don't live there, but you know, still, <laughs> <laughs> but I still mm. recognize the value in what that yeah. can bring And occasionally life. when I have those moments, you know, it's usually a bit of an aha, meaning like something arises in my consciousness, right? Or in my body, whatever that I'm like, wow, like that's a real moment, right? That's not fabricated from something, a meaning I'm putting into something in my head or something I'm looking back on or something I'm anticipating in the future. It's actually being present for the moment, right? So, um, oh, I love that. Well, and to think about it too, you know, if we're coming in, we're in Aquarius season and it is about that future mindedness and that, you know, looking ahead and and Jupiter's about that very same thing. Well, the moon's like, well, what are you doing today? What yeah. are you acting on right now? Yes. What are you, you know, how are you facilitating the future vision? How are you, you know, moving into the Jupiterian mm-hmm. energies of growth and expanding yeah. your life into the next direction it's going in? Well, you know, it's, I always think about the moon and Aries as picking the low hanging fruit, you know, <laughs> do what you yeah. do, what you can on that day, just to get the ball rolling, you know, the, yeah. the enthusiasm there. And, um, it's, you know, the time is nigh, as we could say, just sort of just get it going. So there's something that feels like, you know, once we get past the the Pisces energy that kind of starts off where we're just still kind of feeling this thing out, um, there is this breath of fresh air midweek with that Aries energy. Um, so grab it, grab a hold of it, be in the now, you know, there is no actual moment aside from the present one. Yeah. So take, take advantage of it. Um, because that is where the power is. Now, one of the things that's exciting that comes uh, a couple days later is that we have Venus who is leaving the grass of Saturn. She's like, I'll see you later, Saturn. It was, Mm -hmm. it was fun, but you know, I'm looking for looking for better dignity and she's going to cruise on into Pisces actually on, uh, it'll be the 26th, um, there. So let me go ahead and bring her up in her specificness. That'll be January 26th, uh, at least in the evening time here, Pacific time. And so we got Venus coming into Pisces, exaltation and so i'm totally looking forward to this um what do you what do you think about venus and pisces oh i mean i'm i well i like pisces i like all the signs but pisces in general i have a (laughs) i have i think a special uh i i guess it's uh well there's a shadow side too but my initial (laughs) feeling i'm just i'm just saying i mean pisces is you know it's everything Right. I mean, everything, everything has its thing, but it is everything. But I think there can be uh, um, such a, I guess, rekindling of um, not just faith. And the word faith these days kind of bothers me a little bit because I think knowing is such a stronger position than faith. But faith is kind of how we bridge to knowing. Mm. But uh, maybe, but I say like just this uh, restoring of vision, right? Or being able to, um, not just the vision, but even holding more compassion. Venus and Pisces to me is the ultimate in being able to like have love unconditionally. Now I know we're human. So like that is not something that's going to ever fully happen, but there is a bigger space for it, right? There's a bigger space to feel and to 
acknowledge where someone else is in their feeling space. And when we can be in that, in that space, there's just so much possible. And plus it's imaginative and it's dreamy, you know, and it's, you know, romantic and all the things, you know, candlelight dinners, if you like, you know, all those kinds of things come in with it. So the more human approach, but yeah, Yeah. possibility, I feel like is part of it too, right? The, Mm. the, yeah. The Mm. Jupiterian quality there. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Jupiter, that, that's the thing too, with, you know, she's going to be backed by that Jupiter in Aries there too. So she's exalted hanging out, but, uh, she's got this flavor of a little, you know, passion and, mm-hmm. and freshness and beginning. And, and, you know, if, especially if certain relationships were had a little distance or mm-hmm. a little coldness, or you're working out more logistics and the romantic side of things, you know, if we're talking about like personal partnerships there, yeah. um, she's, she's going to bring a little sweetness back in. There's, yeah. you know, there's more bonding, there's more merging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just as Tara said, you know, there's actually compassion and feeling that's put yeah. into the relating process um for everyone not just our significant others but you know like yeah. the the story that you read about of someone in the paper or you know like somewhere across the world or animals you know that it's just yeah it's it's got this really tenderness um and uh that just can tap into any living thing and and, and feel for it um so to speak um i love the creative vibes of it oh yeah right you know she's she's in a she's in a dreamy visionary spot mm. so as far as like you know we're all artists in our own right but if you have mm. a an artistic discipline or is that something that you do for a living you know there is this yeah. sort of hot hot spot period of really being able to tap deep deeper into a particular muse um mm. so to speak yeah, exciting. no, it, yeah, it like definitely opens up our receptivity to inspiration, whatever you want to call that, right? Whether it's nature or spirit or energy, God, whatever your name is around it, but but it definitely it opens that. It's like that, and and for some people, it's spirituality increases, right? That yeah. that openness to like your spiritual practice or that connection with something greater than yourself can be there as well. But we should probably talk about too, you know, Venus and Pisces sometimes can be a little delusional, you know, what? it can be, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, oh, you know, seeing the, I always say this with them, um, you know, nobody wants to be loved for their potential. They want to be loved for who they are now. Right. And one of the shadow sides to me with Venus and Pisces is the tendency sometimes in really even accurately seeing to someone's soul or deep into their heart. Right. And, but at the same time, failing to see what's actually happening right now, you know, in real time, you know? And so sometimes that can be a little bit trippy in the sense of the disconnect between what's deep in someone's heart. For example, if they're doing something that's very dysfunctional every day in their day-to-day behavior to overlook that, even though the heart place may be accurate and on point, you know, that's where things can get a little messy between the two. So sometimes Venus and Pisces, we have to deal with kind of lifting the veil and figuring out you know, um, am I seeing it truly for what it is or am I over romanticizing, over idealizing? And am I trying to so much see the good in something, which happens like, you know, it's like when you first fall in love, right? You don't want to see any, you don't see any of the negative parts or you just want to see all the beautiful things and the rushes of hormones come on and you know, you, you know, you feel all (laughs) connected, but it's, it is, I mean, you know, but, but so that's why I say that's the other side, but on the for me, Pisces, 
it wants to dissolve what's not true, right? There's some level of it. And I'm kind of pulling from the Neptune, you know, modern rulership here. But so even those moments when all of a sudden you realize, whoa, that thing or that person or whatever wasn't at all what I thought it was, it still brings you closer to what actually is true, right? And if you're open for that, that's a positive thing. So, but that can happen. It can feel like a little unravely sometimes too, you know? Yeah, I I get that. I get that. I mean, it the the fish is just the nature of, you know, mutable water to begin with and it gets pulled in two different directions too. And so they yeah. can have these like rose-colored glasses and, yeah. and dreaminess and like all about it. And then you know, the next day there can be like doubt and uncertainty and like just I you know, like there's just there's this changing nature to, to yeah. Pisces as well too. And so there is that, you know, there is that potential, uh, that all that glitters is not necessarily <laughs> gold, but you know, yeah. it's also one of those things that if you're in the moment and you're enjoying it, why it's there, as long as you are willing to, I guess, kind of go with the flow and, and realize yeah. that when she gets to Aries and all of a sudden she's in a totally different dignity scape, things may change, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, you know, you kind of, you it's, just enjoy it, I suppose. <laughs> and use a little bit of discernment, right? We always need the other sign. Yeah. Like we always need the polarity. So you just got to kind of draw that in, throw a little Virgo in there if necessary. <laughs> but other than that, I think I'll be excited for, me too. For Venus to leave a Saturn sign. Um, yeah. Just for just for a little bit. So actually, she won't be back for quite some time. That's the nice thing about back-to-back Saturn. You know, mm. we're not crazy about it when we're in it. But once we're out of it, it takes a while to get back there. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> so now another thing that's happening like the next day is that we have Mercury. Um, actually, it's not too long after that uh, on the 27th. We have Mercury making a square to Chiron. So this mm. will be the third pass of this, this Chiron energy um, in Aries there mm. from Capricorn. So you have any any thoughts on that or even just Chiron? And I've just been collecting Chiron and Aries thoughts from people just in general since it, we're yeah. going to have Jupiter on it soon here and it feels yeah. like it's a big theme. I mean, to me, Chiron and Aries is always about on some level healing wounds of self-identity or of our ability to kind of just be ourselves and put ourselves out there and to feel, I guess, confident and courageous and just being what we are. So for me, like just generally that, that, this, that, that is part of it. Mm-hmm. Whenever we put Chiron with Mercury, right now, it's funny, we're talking about story, but now, you know, story is right back there again. <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> yeah, which can be really looking at, in particular, right, you know, what part of my story um, is tied to something being wrong or not working well enough or something being broken, something being wounded, you know, some of these words. But it's also medicine, right, on the flip side of it. So for me, part of this can be very empowering around getting clear on what we think, whether it's using our voice, um, speaking our truth, being able to articulate what is, you know, natural. See, see, to me, authenticity, again, we're kind of back to this. I talked about this before, but both Aries to me and Aquarius have a lot, both of them have a lot to do with authenticity. So I think this is, this is part of it. Part of it to me is, am I speaking and thinking 
and is my story and the way I'm looking at life and Mercury also how I move through life, right? There's a certain level of coordination and movement with Mercury as well. Is that, is that true to me? Is it me? Like when I'm saying something to you right now, I'm making question myself on it. Am I just kind of making up something I think sounds good to say it for the podcast? Or is it really coming from me? Mm. And to tell you the truth, maybe both. I don't know. You know, this is, these are not things that we can easily <laughs> suss out, but I think it's something to pay attention to here. Yeah. Chiron and Aries is not easy. I mean, I was born during, you know, I'm, that's, I mean, I have, I have that in my, in my birth chart. But in general, I feel because Aries so gets to the core just of this is who I am. And so to deal with sort of that core sense of something's not okay with me, just how I show up in this life, Mm -hmm. that takes courage for anybody to face. And so all of us collectively in some ways are looking at this, right? Who are we? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and then Mercury tapping into it within its whole, you know, retrograde cycle here, uh, feels like a big piece uh, to asking that very question. Um, Mm -hmm. and being, you know, we think about Chiron being kind of that trigger piece, even if it's like the bigger triggers for more embedded stories and wounds, of course, but it's like trigger (laughs) moment, it's trigger moments too. And so the, you know, especially around the 27th, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe even before that, because obviously the moon is going to light up that space, uh, right before it, like 25th, 26th, um, this is where Venus, we're like, yeah. Venus, get into Pisces, but there is yeah. this Mercury, <laughs> this Mercury square, <laughs> uh, Chiron <laughs> moment that's there too, that, um, can, you know, challenge us in that way of the identity and how that identity is being communicated or expressed in yeah. the actual physical world. And, you know, yeah. and these pushes and these starts, um, and our contributions and our responsibilities and our legacy, you know, all these types of things, um, can just be on our mind. Um, and here, here we are again, but it's, uh, you know, it is the third pass there. So we're, we're working through these particular things, but just, you know, bringing up that Chiron and Aries story and the things that you said, and, uh, you know, these, these are themes that are going to continue. Um, so it's good to be aware of them. Um, there now, so we're, we're getting to first quarter, we're getting to first quarter, mm-hmm. our first fixed sign yep. here. It's going to be in uh Taurus, of course. So let's see, what is, I think, is it on the North node? Is it going to happen on mm. the, it is look at that. The first oh, quarter you're right. on the North node, Whoa. I didn't even write that down, but I felt like <laughs> nice yeah um so you know it feels important (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) it feels important here something's happening so january 28th this is a saturday um we have that pushing off in taurus so we have this it's kind of like it it it, okay so this whole setup i'm gonna kind of like move a couple days forward because this feels Mm. like a very important time um for not only this particular lunar cycle, but just the longer story of the retrogrades we went through, right? Because we have a first quarter in Taurus on the North node, um, which, you know, the North node is going to bring up some sort of faded or destined movement or just some openings of the doors. Of course, it's, you know, it's first quarter. So we're at the midpoint of actual eclipse season uh, here. So that's important in its own right. And so we have the following day on uh, Sunday, we have Mercury 
who is going to try and make its final trine, another third pass with Uranus mm. while the moon moves over it, mm. which then leads us to the moon moving into Gemini uh, on Monday. And it's going to make a conjunction with Mars, the first conjunction since it's been direct. And of course, Mars is ruled by Mercury, who just trined Uranus. And so there's this, there's this like three-day theme, basically, starting with first quarter on the 28th, where I feel like things are, you know, talk about that, uh, you know, catching the train. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're on the train now. We we yes. might be dialing that compass. We might be throwing yep. some people off the train, you know, <laughs> like there's or just or just ideas or things that we're doing or making that space yeah. that we were talking about, uh, making decisions. It seems very potent. Yes, and there's so much of that Mercury stuff continuing on. I mean, just like now we're moving, you know, from a square to Chiron to a trine to Uranus. Yeah. So I just. It's almost like if you could see the progression of the, for using the word story, still watch that sort of progression. You can see how it has its like, and then we can call like the trigger of Chiron, right? And then we can see, oh, now it's moving towards not just a release point, but flow, like where actually things yeah. can move in a new direction. So I almost imagine like with this story, especially because with Mercury and Capricorn, we didn't say this before, but that this, the 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 type of story we can be connected to or the way we can be thinking when it comes to Mercury and Capricorn can be very stuck in old roles, right? That's a natural thing to happen with that. Mm. And there can be, um, so this idea, this conditioned, here's what I, here's who I am, here's what I'm doing, here's where my things are moving. I almost feel it's like, okay, like you're moving along, right? Up to this and you're in this story and things get a little stuck and you get a little triggered, right? And these things happen. But when you reach this point, it's almost like there's like a fork in the road, you know? And so like where things were sort of like forcing and pulling in, now all of a sudden you're like, ooh, right? There's this place and it pulls more naturally. So I'm not saying that all the intensity goes away, but I feel like that's part of what an opportunity, right? You can more easily see it with a trine. You can more easily see, oh, this way would be so much easier, right? Or more easeful, maybe is a better word for it. And that's exciting to me to think that that might, ooh, you know, I want to look for it. Yeah, hmm. I, I feel like it is exciting because, and that's the thing, right? When we get the pressure, we get the pressure of that square to Chiron for the final time, then all of a sudden we yeah. get that release. We get the release of the trine to Uranus yeah. and, and, you know, in earth signs. So there's actual, like there's results, there's productivity, there's yep. something that can be done. Like, you know, like we can see, um, yeah, we can communicate certain things, set it up, you know, make these changes happen. And we have to like, keep this in the mind of, you know, yeah, this is first quarter period, but yeah. there is a big Uranus component to this whole cycle. Not only was Uranus stationing direct at the new yeah. moon, but we are on our way to the full moon in Leo, which is going to be square Uranus. So there's something yeah. about this midpoint with Mercury, yeah. And especially since Mercury was trining the North Node in the new moon too. And so here first quarter comes around and like really lights that up as well. And so, yeah, it just feels like there's solutions and there's yeah. there's resolve and there's liberating energies and there's actually forward movement that is tangible and things can be done. Um, yeah. and you know, something might've like triggered to get that into place, mm -hmm. uh, with the Chiron piece, but here we are and it's moving. Um, and I 
dare I say, I think that will feel good. Even yeah. if it's, it's tense and we yeah. have to get motivated with it. I feel like yeah. it's a good thing. So that being said, let's think about relationship. Oh, oh yeah. I can't forget that. You know, one of the things that is, um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Am I getting ahead of myself? <laughs> I'm always getting ahead of myself. It's, it's my very nature. Um, oh, okay. So the sun, we're going to get, we're going to flow back in with Uranus and, and uh, Chiron, right? Because the sun mm-hmm. is going to move on. It's going to move on down the road, move on mm-hmm. down, move on down the road to mm-hmm. on February 1st <laughs> uh, through the third, we have basically the sun making a sextile to Chiron here. And then on Wednesday, the first, and then on February the third, we have, well, kind of the third, fourth, get close in there. You know, it's, it's all relative. Um, we have the square sun square to Uranus. Now, of course, that's mm-hmm. going to be lit up with the full moon that's coming on the fifth, but this is kind of the exact pass. So how, yeah. so here, you know, Mercury makes these moves from a different position, right? You know, it tense, it tenses up Chiron and it flows with Uranus, mm-hmm. but here the sun is like, you know what, I'm going to work with Chiron, yeah. but I'm going to challenge yes. Uranus. And so oh, yeah. what do you think about kind of like the reverse piece <laughs> <Okay>. of, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Chiron helps soften us up enough, right? That we actually like can be malleable (laughs) for the square with Uranus. Uranus, Because Chiron, one thing we know, we didn't talk about this, but, and, uh, but it also just opens us up emotionally, right? Most times I find that when we're having whatever placements or transits or things that have to do with Chiron, we get more sensitive, right? Emotionally. Um, in that place. And that can be a really positive thing because it can open us up, even if it, you know, hurts a little bit. And since this is a sextile, um, I think overall that it would be like, sounds weird to say a good kind of hurt, but it'd be more of like an opening to be more available. And once we do that, then sometimes when more difficult things happen, or we have more, you know, triggered by something more difficult, we have more capacity because it's almost like we've been, I don't know, Truly, it feels like if I was, if I had to make a move into like, I don't know, a a different space that I didn't fit in very well, if I could be a little more malleable and if I could stretch and my body was more flexible, right? I'd be able to get into the space I need to go. And that's how it feels a little bit to me. Especially Mm. Chiron and Aries is so physical is the other thing, you know? So, but it's interesting. It makes me wonder just in relation to kind of go back to the piece of like what you're talking about with the integrity that's needed mm-hmm. there and like that personal integrity. Um, and, yeah. you know, even though Mercury challenged that, you know, or or something outside challenged that and Mercury had to process that the yeah. sun comes around and it'd be, you know what? Yeah, that is me. And like, I can push myself to do, you know, like that, that's who I'm becoming, you know, or that's who, that's what my character is drawn to do. And yeah, it asks hard things of me or, or like Mm. it triggered my ability to be assertive with my life and, you know, go after what I want or what I desire, but it's just enough to like open the door to be like, all right, we're making some changes. We're we're going it's, it's time we are, we are going to embody the change. You know, we're coming back to that kind of, uh, earth embodiment of Uranus there. Um, and 
and you know, it's a hot, dry energy because the mm. moon is waxing to that full moon. So it's not something you're contemplating. It's like, no, you're challenging your own self-development now. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and especially yeah. the moon's in cancer at this point too. And so you're really feeling into your own space. Your intuition's kind of lit mm. up, you know, your sensitivities and your vulnerabilities are also highlighted <laughs> to some extent, but, um, but it feels like, yeah, there's this interesting whole trajectory of like how Mercury moves yeah. through the face and the sun. It is. Um, and yeah. So it was a good, yeah, it's a good pickup. It's just, I, I just, I don't know what I keep, I keep coming back to the feeling of like once, once it is a square with Uranus, it's almost like if you've been <laughs> softened or mushed up enough, you know, and opened up enough or whatever words we want to use here, it's almost like you're like, Okay, fine. It's just a little step further to like go here. And yeah. So it's all, and sometimes that's even welcome, right? Sometimes the square, even though it can be a challenge, is welcome because it actually pushes you. It gives you like that last sort of shove or push, or it's like the rubber band finally pulling all the way back, right? That actually gives you a push into it. So, yeah, I, I think that there can be a really positive, to your point, I loved it when you talked about, you know, this is who I am and this is me having the courage to step out and do it. This is me in the world. This is, you know, me, how I feel on the inside. And I'm going to step out and be more of that in my life. And that square almost just feels in some ways like a celebration. Like it sounds probably a little strange to say that, but it almost is. It's almost like, yeah, bring it on because I'm ready to do it. And I need enough of a challenge to prove I can do it. That to me feels almost like um, a self-satisfaction that comes from, yeah, I got here and you need a test to know where you are, right? You don't know where you've, if you've actually crossed the line into the next thing, unless there's a test to show you. So <laughs> just to show you that you, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I, prove I it, that. you know, prove it, prove it that you can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. It, and maybe part, maybe even part of it is like going through that whole process, making the changes, and then getting comfortable with what's changed and the the receiving, the yeah. receiving of, of the change and the the evolution of you, you know the self and um, the choices that you've made and the space you've created <laughs> to yeah. some extent. I feel like there's that kind of that space there, um, and yeah, and it's gonna feel different. It could feel a little electric. It could feel yeah. a little foreign. It could feel. Mm -hmm. You know, it can feel like you're almost getting to know yourself in this completely different way. Because, you know, squares, they, they can be tense, but they can also just be activating. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing yep. where something actually happens. Some, it's not speculation. It's not what it, it's like. No, it has happened. You know, we're illuminating yeah. this, especially with the, the sun there. Um, so even though, yeah, there's there's possible tension, but it feels really supportive in a way, especially since Uranus is backed by that Venus and Pisces too. But we got to yeah. talk about that Venus and Pisces. She's doing her own thing <laughs> at this exact time that's leading us to our full moon here. And that's, yeah. she's getting real close to a square with Mars. Mm -hmm. So we have Venus and Mars making a square. Um, it's exact mm -hmm. on, uh, well, she, okay. So she's doing her own thing, right? She's going to actually sextile the North node on February 2nd in between all our sun activity that's mm -hmm. going on here. And then she is going to go on and square Mars on the fourth, mm -hmm. technically, I believe, um, you can kind of see it here, but 
you know, this is a big part in the Venus Mars cycle, right? These are our relationship planets and, yeah. um, uh, in our, what if again, we're back to the relating thing, our relating outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. but also the relationship on the inside and our sense of balance and how much we, you know, allow in, uh, in, in compromise, um, and what, how that factors into our own forward, you know, momentum and our desires and individual self in life. So there is this sort of relationship tension that is part of this, which is interesting to think about knowing that this new moon uh, cycle is steeped in Venus conjunct Saturn uh, too. So what what do you think about Venus squaring Mars and maybe adding a little, you know, just a little flow with that sextile to the North node right before it? Yeah. I mean, with the square, I mean, what's the last quarter square? Right. So, you know, we can kind of pull that into it. And for me, when I work with last quarter square, there's some level of a what we call crisis in consciousness. Right. So oftentimes that is an awakening around something. If it's a relationships, right. It could be about when do I need to talk? When do I need to listen? Right. What do, when do I need to give? When do I need to take kind of those those back and forth um, pieces for sure? And it's funny because it kind of brings us back to the conversation we had earlier on about just our relationship with everything, right? So I know yeah. Venus and Mars, we think about being like love relationships, but I do think it just sort of re-emphasizes the theme we talked about earlier, which is, hey, how am I choosing to partner with things? And how can I suddenly become aware of you know, what works and doesn't work and which, which approach you know, squares? Squaring off with something is sometimes the best way to, well, again, it brings it right up in your face, right? There's an element of that. So I think that's part of it. With the um, sextile, with the North Node, to me, I, I, I mean, there's a there's an ease and a grace in that, right? That helps us to move forward in a more, it's Taurus, which thinking about with the North Node here. So that is about getting down to simplicity, right? What we really need, ease and peace and kind of coming into that space of, well, I'm about to use these words again, what we really value, what's really meaningful to us. So even while we're having like a little bit of this struggle of, eh, how do we actually do this relationship thing, which could come up in our daily lives is just like some kind of a conflict, right? A new chance to look at, am I able to even communicate with, you know, the person that something's going on? But I feel like the sextile with the North Node brings us a sense of calm, right? Even in that square is how I'm looking at it. And because it's the last quarter square between Venus and Mars, They've been, you know, we're we're not just starting something, which means we have a relationship between the two already. And that always has a different feel than, for example, going on a first date. This is more like, okay, right? We've been going around a number of times. How can we finally get to a new place that we're ready to be at? Because we've had enough of these experiences and here we are again. And maybe this time with the capacity to actually look at it in a new way. Mm, I love that because as you're speaking, you know, came to me, Tara, is looking Mm. at this, going back to maybe the challenging side of Venus and Pisces or, you know, thinking about, okay, so this Venus and Pisces, she wants things to get along. You know, she wants everything to be kosher. She wants, you know, maybe doesn't want to rock the boat, wants to have that, but she can overlook some things or maybe not address some things where Mars over there in Gemini you know, it's a Mercury sign. This is a contesting sign. This is saying something. (laughs) This is bringing something up. And we get, you know, we got Mercury over here that's getting ever closer to Pluto. You know, it's in proximity. So whatever Mars is thinking about, you know, Pluto ain't going to go away (laughs) with this here. So I feel like there's this tension between maybe, uh, once again, that kind of ties into the whole Chiron, Chironic piece 
with Aries as well is, you know, bringing something up versus throwing it, you know, pushing it under the rug. Um, and what that does in all types of relationship, because if you don't address something, um, you know, you're only going to have this particular harmony for so long until Venus gets into Aries. And she's like, wait a second, you know, (laughs) now we really got to talk about it. Um, but there does feel to be this tension of like, you know, it's, you can't always go with the flow, you know, and, and just hope something works itself out or escape a particular issue that needs addressing. Um, and even though Mars and the Gemini action can be, um, you know, there brings up debates and it can be a little annoying and like back and forth. It's like, it feels like something is trying to come out in service of this, like you said, this is, you know, kind of a closing type of direction. And it's not the first date. And it's like, we've been around this so many times. How are we, you know, this is transition energy with mutable energy. How are we moving Mm -hmm. this along to its next stage? Um, And so that can play into the component of the Venus Saturn piece in the new moon is like, if we are in a cycle of making Mm -hmm. new commitments and having new plans around the the longer range vision of what this relationship is and does and is its purpose. um, We got to talk about it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. But at the same, and the same time, you know, from the Venus, I part of it is, well, and what do I just need to accept? Right. Here's another way to think about that Pisces energy. What do I need to accept that this is how it is? And then that gives us another opportunity to make a choice. If this is how it is, then do I want it? Do I not want it? Right. And, and that can be really useful too. And too, because too much of the, of the Mars and Gemini, right. Sometimes even though like communication talking is super important, if we just force that on someone, for example, without giving them notice or like Colin Bedell will say, you know, did you make an appointment? Sometimes, you know, if you can't just all of a sudden, like, well, I love what he says that because it's so easy. And I know I can do it sometimes. Oh, I want to resolve it. Right. So I want to talk about it right now. And it's shooting out of my mouth, but the person's not prepared to receive it. So again, this, all this balance back and forth of, what do we actually do to, to be heard and to be received and to your point to communicate and to move things to a better place. But I just feel like it's not as hard as we might think, because I feel like we've already set the stage up. And so if we're willing to be honest and aware and kind of when I know say, you know, own our shit, right. Kind of really like be able to step up to the plate that way. Right, Mercury, Pluto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it's more that we could, we can really be open to seeing, oh my gosh, I didn't see it that way. Right. And from that point, we can return to, I think a more stable place, which brings us back kind of that North node action, which wants that, right. It, want, it wants a certain level of peace and stability and simplicity. It doesn't want things to always be volatile all the time. But sometimes we can't get to that place without stirring things up a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was great. It depends on how long we stay there. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, because at some point, like, you can stir the pot, stir the pot, stir the pot, try to get the resolution. But some things we just have to accept. Some things we just have to comp- have compassion oh. for in the difference um, yep. and find the compromise, uh, you know, through it all. And so yep. that's a great point, you know, and that's, a, that's the thing we're dealing with a square here. We're dealing with these two different types right. of energies yep. and, um, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> that's just how it, just how it works. Um, yeah, I love that. Well, see if I love it when I'm in the middle of it, but, uh, oh, yeah, that's always, 
back yeah. to the back to the now. Well, <laughs> speaking of the now, let's go on to our full moon, uh, mm. which is going to be in Leo. So it's in a fire sign. So much like Aries, there's this quality of being in the moment. Yeah. Um, so February 5th. Uh, which is a Sunday. It's going to happen about 10:28 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast, and yeah, so we have a full moon at 16 degrees of Leo, and it is squaring uh, that Uranus action Ugh, we were talking yep. about. Um, now, of course, we'll, we've already had a taste of the square with the sun making it before there, but of course, the moon is going to light that up right mm-hmm. before uh, that happens. Um, and of course we still have our tension between, uh, the two relationship planets, Venus and Mars there. Uh, (laughs) we have, um, of course we have the midpoint of, uh, eclipses taking place here. And we have a midpoint of Uranian eclipses taking place, right? Because the last eclipse was a lunar eclipse, uh, you know, exactly on Uranus, um, in Taurus. And the next, uh, well, we have the solar eclipse in Aries, but there'll be another lunar eclipse that's going to be conjunct our opposite Uranus here coming too. So there, this is kind of that in-between point with those that eclipse energy as well. Um, what else? You know, Mercury's getting closer and closer to Pluto. Um, am I missing anything else here? Of course, that moon's going to try and Chiron right beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's going to basically sextile Mars, try and Chiron, and then square Uranus, and then make that that full moon. So Leo, big energy, you know. Leo brings Leo brings the drama. It, it doesn't maybe intend to, but it's. <laughs> I always argue it's not it's not you know Scorpio's real drama, but Leo gives it a good good, good run for its money for sure. But yes, yeah. Do you get a feel like it's interesting? It's so. I mean, of course, every time there's a full moon, right? It's the sun moon opposition, so there's always a sort of integration in some ways of like the inner and the outer, at least relationship we have with ourselves. But I feel with that Uranus squaring that whole thing, it's just this continued theme around self-liberation and in this case leo you know very much moon and leo right so much being attached to the in the personal inner sense of self right this is me yeah. this is how i feel i need to be this is how i need to be seeing those pieces of course then with opposing that sun and, and uh aquarius which is much more objective and outside looking in like we talked about before but still forget even the signs right sun sense of purpose how i shine how i'm putting myself out in the the world and moon, right? My inner sense of self and how I feel. And I always think of the moon as like my okay meter, right? Every moment it's like the part of me that's saying, am I okay here? Am I okay now? How about in this moment? All the way from the inside out, it's got the the awakener shaking the whole thing up, right? Yeah. So again, freedom, liberation, these are ways we can look at it. But the other way it could could also feel is um, upsetting. Right. It can be upsetting in the sense of unpredictable things happen, which, you know, in my mind is useful. But as you were saying before, I'm not sure how useful I'll find it in the moment, you know, when it's happening to me. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, there's so many repeating themes around. Am I awake to, you know, to, to what I am, what I'm doing, how I feel on the inside, what I'm doing on the outside, how those two uh, balance each other. Right. That sense of awareness between the two or the integration between the two. And two, I mean, 
And Uranus is still relatively close to the North Node, you know, and I know it's moving, you know, the, the, I know the nodes are moving retrograde, but it's still relatively close. So it's interesting, you've got this like Taurus point kind of holding the center, I don't know, between those two energies. So where is the balance in all of this is the extra, is the thing I feel. And maybe it's that Uranus needs to throw us off balance enough that we get you know, back onto the space where we actually find where the balance is. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, and I think you kind of brought this up, but when we just talked about the Leo moon from the get go Mm -hmm. is, you know, we can pull back in that word integrity once again, and authenticity, right. You know, because Leo is that it's a heart space. It's that personal Mm -hmm. sense of self and uh, expression and, being able to to shine your particular gifts and perform them in some way that mm-hmm. is then shared and you know and lit up and expressed in in yeah. the collective space so there is this tension of you know emotionally what what i'm offering what i'm connected to what i'm passionate about what my inner child wants out of life and is that being reflected or shown or spotlit in mm-hmm in the world um or you know and my future plan you know like we could get back to that kind of future space too Mm -hmm. and so it feels very recalibrating and catalytic um this whole uh full moon um to get back to that place of like true authenticity um whether that's situation you know because these are it's going to be a full moon in these outward reaching signs. So if there yep. is this idea that something could happen outside of you that jars things, absolutely. Yes. When we're thinking yep. about fire and air together. Um, but is it, is this the recalibration of the compass? Mm-hmm. Is this the thing, is this the thing that you needed to do before, but now the universe is doing for you? <laughs> or is this, yeah. the, you finally, you know, stepping up and be like, you know what? I just the integrity within myself and I can't ignore how I feel any longer. And I, you know, I just gotta, I gotta do this for me. I gotta make these choices for me. Um, and you know, full moons can have a celebratory experience to it too. So there could be something that is, you know, for some of you out there, like, what if you're showing your, your art for the first time in a new way? And it's so, and it's uncomfortable for you to, you know, show your creations and out into public, but now it's like, here they are, you know, just thinking of examples here, because there can be moments where it's like, comes to a point of celebration, but it's still a little strange, so a little awkward, um, and something that we have to adjust to. So there's many variables of how this can take place, but there is kind of this jarring catalytic, what comes after this point. Um, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting from it. No, yeah, no, I, I feel that too. And thinking about just something with Leo and Aquarius in general, and especially in the opposition, when you're thinking about sort of getting the, getting, trying to get the balance right between those two, let's say that we are putting some show out there in the world, you know, like that's like, we think that's the Leo thing. And and if we're having difficulties with that or somehow it doesn't feel in alignment, right. Or maybe we don't feel like we're being received. There's always, you know, two ways to look at that, right. If, if we are with the Leo side, right. Is it authentic me? That's kind of what it comes back to. Meaning Mm. is me, myself being the show I'm putting out there in the world, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be on some big stage. I mean, it could just simply be you putting yourself out there at work and whatever it is you do. But so one checkpoint would be, is what I'm putting out, is it me from the heart? Yeah. Right. 
And sometimes then, and so I, I, especially with Uranus squaring here, that might be where the adjustment needs to be made. Maybe, in fact, and maybe everybody loves what you put out there, but maybe in your heart, you know, this isn't really me. I I, I like doing it because Mel cheers every time I do it, right? So whenever yeah. I say this, you know, I get a good applause. So that's one side. But sometimes the other part is we get frustrated because whatever the audience is, which I'm now kind of aligning with Aquarius, the audience doesn't seem to receive it, right? But sometimes it's not, if the show is authentic, sometimes you just need to figure out, are you going to the right place to share it? So for me, I always mm-hmm. look at this balance back and forth because frustration can come on either side, but you got to kind of check out which side it is for you that something is not quite in, in alignment, or we can go back to the use of the word integrity. Because like I think about examples of myself in my own life and not in some fancy stage, but I can just think of things that I wanted to share from my heart with people in my life, right? And I kept going back to the same people that I wanted to receive it and they weren't into it, right? Yeah. That's not something wrong with my Leo when I'm delivering. That's me expecting, you know, putting that out to the wrong person or the wrong group. So sometimes we just have to sort of readjust. Oh, this is the perfect show, but I need to be in a different city or a different group or a different space, right? I keep on trying to sell, I don't know, sell the sell the face cream to the person who doesn't need any. Do you know it's that sort yeah, of thing? Yeah. So no, I and, think that's brilliant. And, yeah. I and with your brilliant. And don't you think ahead. with your and with your own squaring, and it's like either way, it's like it's the it's the freedom, the the freedom and liberation that comes from actually seeing, first of all, being able to actually see where you are in that space and then have the guts to like adjust whatever side needs to be adjusted. That's, that's not easy, but sure is freeing. Sure feels good to be able to not, you know, one, you don't want to put on a, you know, a dog and pony show for people that even if they eat it up all day long, it's not really coming from the heart. And on, on, on the flip side, if your heart's all in it and you're pouring it into, like, you know, a place that doesn't want to receive as wasted energy. So, yeah. 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 So once again, how do we recalibrate that? Something's yep. a little, something's a little off. We just gotta, we just gotta tweak yeah. it a little bit. And not, um, not let that, like what might be a little off, like derail us mm-hmm. completely, you know, or like, th- you know, cause it, like you said, it's like, I'm not, you know, they're not receiving this thing that yeah. I'm giving fully from my heart is like yeah. at that moment, do you just give it up completely? No, it's like, that's, that's yeah. the thing is you have to have that, um, it's this interesting validation process that comes with it too, because that's like, that's a big component of Leo is like, and the whole idea of Leo and Aquarius and like getting this validation and this receiving of, you know, what you're putting out there and what your heart has to share. And just realizing the big component is as first checking in with your heart and like being like, you know, I, I validate my experience and my expression because I know deep down, this is, who I am and what I want to share or what I want to say. And, and starting there, like <laughs> starting there, starting with that moment with yourself yep. or like maybe changing the audience or like I, you know, and I really resonated with what you said about doing certain things that just because you get a reaction and everybody loves them doesn't mean that you're meant to be doing that forever mm-hmm. or, you know, it's not who you are anymore in this particular moment. And that's a big thing with the theme of this particular year, especially as we go into all this Aries energy, is that there are new characters on display mm-hmm. where we are all changing and we're growing and we're we're moving into these new beginnings in life that might not be aligned with these old ways of expression. Yeah. Um 
So I think that is a very valid point and something that I resonate with. And I've seen happen in my life in the past and being themes of, you know, um, I mean, I have a Leo midheaven. So I think that that does come up from time to time. And just because someone's applauding you, you're like, yep, does that mean that, you know, and then it's almost like this whole thing where you feel stuck inside. You're like, I have to do this forever because they like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh man. Oh, that took me up. But yeah, I think that, uh, No, that is, that is a a very good way of looking at it. So mark, mark your calendars, February 5th, there's action in the air. Um, and yeah, so, all right, where, where do we go from here? So the next, uh, the next thing about the week coming, it's, it's an interesting week because the week of February 6th, we have Mercury, Mercury's doing a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mercury is basically going to sextile Neptune. I think basically on Monday there. Yep. Then it's going to move on to this uh, this Pluto conjunction we've been waiting for, which isn't to the end of the week. It's like Friday, which it actually <laughs> happens there. Um, and then it's going to ingress into Aquarius um, on Saturday on the 11th. Now, a couple things else going on this week. I'm going to chunk them all together before we get to the Mercury piece. But we also have Venus. Um, Venus is coming around in Pisces here to make a sextile to Uranus. So she's tapping in to this whole Uranian vibe, which is going to be happening midweek about on the 7th and 8th there. Um, And then we have Mars, who's going to make its third sextile to Chiron in Aries uh, so we're, we're seeing these other planets and these themes that we've talked about come up, but yeah. there's something about this particular week that has this, these elongated mercury moments. And I've made this mistake before and not well made mistake, but I made this thing <laughs> in the forecast before where I'm like, Oh, you know, it's all that's going on is mercury doing like one or two things. And that's, that's it. Oh. But those weeks are the, those weeks are the crazy weeks because <laughs> it's like the mercury action it puts things in motion it's like all of a sudden all all the communication all the little bits and pieces start to come together and life really just moves um and so what are your thoughts about uh kind of like neptune to pluto then to aquarius (sighs) of course it's leaving its shadow phase at this time too because it'll be the third pass with neptune which is like interesting because that was the whole thing that jammed up the the airwaves and got everyone sick around christmas <laughs> so <laughs> not to say that will happen again but um <laughs> we've had some experience with mercury cycling neptune here oh i mean i really like the feel i get it to, i think it's just a continuation on this story thing and i think one of the reasons why mercury action is so point on like you were saying is because it does affect our mindset right it does affect the way we look at things so to have it with Neptune and coming in there with Pluto. Pluto. Right. I'm just saying, like, that's like it's like the the ultimate transform your mind, your thinking, your story. And at the same time with Neptune, like wash away all the things that are false. I think of Neptune sometimes is like, right, all the like sandcastles we build and then like the ocean comes and washes them away. Right. So it's like kind of all the things that we thought were real that are not there. But if we think about it, not in quite such a tumultuous approach, I also think Neptune really makes space. We talked about this earlier. So part of this, I think, is about creating space. 
right? Mental space, space to think about something different, space to look at something differently, space to have uh, a different definition for something. Whenever something's really strong, Mercury, one of the things I challenge myself to do is to give things I normally say that I call certain things or give certain words. I, I challenge myself to just call it something else, or even sometimes just use a different description or a different word. Because I think part of what this is doing again is pulling us out of an old default mental position Mm. that we do it so fast without even thinking, right? We say, oh, X, Y, Z is happening. It means blah, blah, blah. And that's why sometimes we'll say a lot of joke, well, call it anything you want, make up a different word, call it something different. Because if we let go of those, you know, Mercury is so much about wanting to categorize, right? And associate and relate and all these different things. So the minute that you kind of make even a tiny little shift that way, you give room for something different. And that's how I feel with the combination of both Pluto and Neptune with Mercury. It's like the mind has to change. Now we could say communication as well. I mean, movement, all these things that we talked about that have to do with Mercury. But to me, the the, the core of Mercury is perception, hmm. right? So that would be the key thing I would be here. Like something in the way that I perceive things, something in the way that I look at life, something in the way I connect the dots and make sense of things is uh, under big renovation. You know, know, well, that's the thing. I'm sure I've said it a handful of times on the podcast is, you know, you change your, change your mind, you change your reality. Like that's true. It's, that's the big component of it. Yeah. And and there's really something to be said about kind of the midweek there, because there's almost like the sweet spot with the discerning Virgo moon, right? Because Mm -hmm. uh, like Tuesday, Wednesday, the moon basically dances over and connects with, you know, an opposition to Venus mm-hmm. and uh, trying to Uranus. So it lights up that Venus Uranus sextile on Wednesday. And then it goes on to oppose Neptune, mm-hmm. trying Mercury and then trying Pluto. So there's something about midweek where all these planets mm-hmm. emphasis are coming together, all these different stories, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and it feels it feels, I, I like it that it's flowing. It's creating this grand trine with earth, right? You know, and earth is practical. It's pragmatic. It wants to look at things in, you know, discerning and, you know, productive view. And, and it's just a little matter of fact in that way. And it's contesting this kind of Piscean place, which has its spiritual qualities, but also has these potential, like, you know, the rose colored glasses that we were talking about, or just looking at things, um, you know, sometimes that story that we're talking about is actually an illusion, right? You know, because it is like this facet that we've created in our own imaginations, you know, imagination is a very powerful thing and it creates wonderful things, but our imagination also can, um, not be in our best bet sometimes too. Mm -hmm. So there is this discerning pragmatic moon that is like, no, no, let me figure this all out. Let me get this all. And it really just is shifting earth. There's like kind of like to quote Gray and I's whole thing with the forecast. There's earth mar- magic here, mm-hmm. here that's taking place and life is moving and Mercury's communicating and transmissions are coming in and we're letting go of certain things and we're attaching to the change that comes with others, redefining the narrative, bringing in the liberative, liberating aspects of yep. Uranus and how yep. change can, and then going back into the word you had with 
of Venus and Pisces, the acceptance of that all yeah. and flowing into that. And so it feels really supportive in many ways to mm-hmm. me, especially midweek here. Yeah. Like the one simple word when you were talking that just came to me, it's kind of just about getting real and seeing what's real. Right. And that's, I mean, all this energy is lined up to do that, I feel. And it sounds like a simple thing to say, but every little shift we make to seeing something a little closer to what it actually is. I mean, think about how good that feels in a relationship. Think about how it feels. Well, I mean, I suppose unless you're trying to hide something, right? That'd be different. <laughs> but I mean, like, I just like for myself, I think like if I have, if I'm having, spending time with someone and I realize that they are seeing more of, of, of me, right. Or, or someone understands you more for a second, right. Or someone sees you more clearly. And when, when you have those moments in your own life, when you, I mean, that is, that is really rewarding in the sense of like real, right. And maybe it's just that me, like I'm very very passionate about having more moments that are real, even when they are challenging or a struggle. Cause for me, there's so much value in what I would say, wow, that thing was really difficult, but it was real. Right. And I step away and I have this sort of feeling of have having seen that or the person or whatever the situation is for what it is. And I think part of this feels that way. And when we do that, I really do think we empower ourselves. Like that's a big step in our evolution. One little moment, even of seeing something in yourself, discovering something, oh my gosh, right? I've been looking at it that way for the last 10 years. This is what it actually is. It's huge. And you were talking about shifting kind of with the energy with Virgo. And I do think of Virgo as like it's earth, but it is like shifting sand, right? So it's the ability, right? To still have that granularity, but to be able to, move into the next shape or form, which doesn't have to mean we have any problem with the things that we look at that weren't real, right? Like I don't say this in the sense of making a problem with any of that, which gets back to the, you know, the Venus and Pisces, which is, oh, how interesting. I had that viewpoint about my friend for the past 10 years. And I suddenly realized they act, you know, I thought they liked this thing and they didn't like it and how funny I bought it for their birthday every year. And they didn't actually tell me they didn't like it, right? Those kinds of weird experiences, right? but then it takes you to this new level again of reality, which I think feels good. Yeah. I I think it feels good too. And it's like a whole lead up, which is kind of fascinating too, because I mean, first off, you know, Mercury is just because of its retrograde cycle is, you know, it, it needs to catch up to the sun. So even at the time of you know, Tara and I talking right now, um, literally tomorrow (laughs) we have the sun conjuncting Pluto. And so, you know, there is that kind of change and that's being illuminated and we're going through these pieces in our life. And sometimes it takes the mind a while to catch up with all that and to ha- and to integrate it and to understand it and to, you know, perceive it in a particular way. And so there's something that seems like, it's almost like we catch back up with the Pluto component at this particular time. And it's all pushing to our last quarter moon in Scorpio that's coming on the Monday, the 13th, right? So we get out of this, the Pluto moment, Mercury moves into Aquarius, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about here in a second, but there is this, you know, we're pushing to this last quarter turn of events phase that is really aligned once again with this kind of changing dynamic and sinking into things that are deeply felt. And, uh, you know, once again, that kind of Plutonian dynamic um, and how our lives are changing and the feelings that bring up within that and, and the healing that could come from that as well. And so yeah. it, it and that we, whole storyline feels right to me. 
Well, and we're still dancing back and forth between the fixed signs. Like it's funny. I mean, think about we're in yeah. like at the full moon or I'm mean, so, I mean, we're really kind of can, we, we started the whole conversation with this, but yeah. And as we kind of progress through, um, it's pretty, I think at least, I don't know how you feel about when I think about that Scorpio to, to Aquarius, meaning those are, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the last two fixed signs, they do have a greater, I'm not rating this in some sort of better or worse, but they do have more capacity for ob- uh, objective awareness, right? There is more ability to be seeing what's actually going on from that objective awareness. And so that change can really be catalyzed in, um, in really powerful ways. At least that's how it feels to me. And I'm not in any way trying to say that Taurus and Leo were, you know, less evolved or anything. It's not my point, but they, but they are definitely uh, in the wheel below the horizon, which gives them, you know, a different level of awareness. So now we're into this territory of like, and it's last quarter anyway, which puts us back to this. We talked about before, but crisis in consciousness, right? There is awakening. There's an awareness of maybe even this is the change that's happening. And even though there may course you know it's a square so there's still going to be some challenge or struggle but there is a really um to me powerful and awakening component of actually seeing oh this is what i've been doing right oh this is what i have been seeing or this is how i've been relating with myself or relating with life and now all of a sudden we have this capacity to see it in a whole new fashion which shifts so to me there's a there's a I guess we're back to liberating again, because this does feel at this point does feel very liberating to me. And it feels liberating through the sense of just kind of addressing the, the harder stuff Mm -hmm. with it. Right. You know, because Scorpio can bring up more difficult stuff. I mean, part of the whole thing with, and once again, we get kind of get to this polarity of signs, Mm -hmm. right. Because when I think about Scorpio and Aquarius, um, the thing that the problematic side of it is actually when maybe deeper content or something that needs to be addressed or healed is glossed over and detached yeah. from and not, yes. you know, there's a kind of separation yeah. that uh, doesn't uh, deal with it. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, if it is dealt with, you know, a lot of times we have to deal with certain traumatic uh, mm-hmm. experiences in life or deep emotions in a way that is from maybe more, a different perspective view and something that we can pull up and detach from it to see the bigger perspective so that we can navigate something without being submerged by it. Yeah. So it's like, it's the, you know, we, we keep coming mm-hmm. back to the facets of either side here, but yeah. there is something to be said about this whole component because the last quarter moon is essentially aligned with Saturn conjuncting yeah. the sun. So there is even more of a kind of like really, because I feel like we're getting to this discernment piece. Yeah. We're getting to this kind of calling out and looking at things. And and, it, and it's really fascinating to think about because, you know, there is that kind of sobering that happens when the sun and Saturn meet together, right? Because, you know, they're, they are traditionally enemies of one another. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is the brightest light in the sun and the whole, you know, centered around everything. And here's this yeah. far reaching planet that's the coldest in the dark darkest and it's so having them come together is always an interesting yearly occurrence um but it also happened and it's going to be the last time the sun conjuncts saturn in its own sign for quite a long Mm -hmm. time so we have to think about that as well 
But we also have this component where Venus and Neptune are meeting in a conjunction on the same day. So that's going to happen on the 15th and 16th of uh, February. So basically Wednesday and Thursday, we have this dual action of Sun, Saturn and Venus, Neptune. Talk about breaking up, but they're like a virgin signs. They're not necessarily talking to each other there, but um, who is talking to them actually is on Wednesday, the moon and Sagittarius will be mm-hmm. transferring <laughs> the information from the sextile with the Aquarian planets mm-hmm. to a square with the Pisces. So that's an interesting illumination mm-hmm. point too. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so many storylines we can pick up with this one, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I don't think Venus, I don't think Venus Neptune is going to be two rose color glasses at this time because it's it's hard to it's hard to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> old Saturn, uh, Saturn sun. Um, and same with Mercury now in Aquarius and yeah. these same days, Mercury is squaring the nodes and making a sextile to Jupiter. So this is a, this is definitely a little hot spot period, uh, the 15th through the 17th of February and the end of Aquarius season. So anything that jumps out about to you about this, any of these configurations? Oh, <laughs> You're like everything all at once. I know. Yeah. I'm like, it is a lot going. It's a lot. It's a lot of conversations at the same time. Yeah. Um, It is. It's true. A lot to weed through. Yeah. I guess it feels in Star, as you were talking, I was thinking about how both the sun and Venus are so bright, right? So, like, the kind of least parts that we identify in the sky and in ourselves as being kind of bright light energy, and they both are really have serious planets right on them asking yeah. for yeah a- asking for something different right asking for something to shift so that's the overwhelming feeling to me um between the two of them and i and i i agree with you like i don't think that that's going to have the normal neptune venus conjunction in pisces feel and let's see that's going to be so that little deal is going to be is is Ruled by Jupiter, right? And that's conjunct Chiron. So yeah, and Aries. So no, I think <laughs> I think it's more of an unraveling than anything else. And at the same time that something unravels, then of course Saturn conjunct the sun is like, okay, but like where's the backbone, right? What's getting put in place? So I think it's a it's a bit of a challenge. Now Mercury square the nodes in some level is always reclaiming voice, reclaiming mind, reclaiming thoughts reclaiming how we look at things because that's how i work with what we call an evolutionary astrology right a planet square the nodes we call like a skip step right something to reclaim or something to um kind of drop into place at the time which to me just re-emphasizes the story piece right how am i looking at something but that's kind of a general it's a lot and it's not particularly to me woven together which isn't a problem but it just means that how we experience it to me could be quite different depending on, of course, you know, where it's hitting our own charts, but there's definitely different conversations. What do you think? Yeah. I feel like it's one of those times where you're like, and this was happening to me. And then while this was happening, that yeah. happened. And then yeah. that happened. And then I'm like, all these things are happening, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there's, and it really feels like there's kind of a wrapping up of the actual lunar cycle itself, right? You know, we started out with Saturn, Venus conjunct Saturn, 
Mm-hmm. And now the sun's conjunct Saturn and Venus has moved on to Neptune. So there's something in relation to just the Venus Saturn piece mm-hmm. that now is in this totally new, new space um, where it, cause it's interesting. I feel like the conversation energy is going to be kicked up, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. internal or external or trying to figure things out or communicating mm-hmm um, with, you know, what the actual plan is for, for the future. Yeah. How are we embodying this? What's the changes being made? We're, you know, Mercury's obviously leaning into, uh, Jupiter here with these kind of new beginnings and, yeah. pie, you know, piecing out what the actual more abstract, you know, <laughs> you know, like the, the yeah. wider view of this all. And, you know, when we think about the relationship component with this, all too and and it coming to maybe its own like maybe spiritual turning point to some extent or needing to com- mm. have compassion for other people as you talk about the future and you're getting serious and you're sharing yeah. you know your your vision um and you know how do we collect that in with one another um or is there separation enough there to where maybe certain relationships dissolve based on you know you know yeah. value meeting and purpose for the future that's not matching yeah. up with other people um or maybe we are on the same page and we we're dreaming together and how do we take those dreams and actually make them something mm-hmm. concrete and real with the sun saturn um you know especially with that whole sagittarius moon piece coming in there too which is jupiterian yeah. ruled so i mean that's just one facet yeah. of of all this but it's a yeah it's many conversations a lot of things going on here what do you think and i'm just i don't know how i feel about this for sure but it came to me so <laughs> say it anyway since we're dealing with mercury as a skips as a square of the node so um what do you think about the feel of so if sun is really representing sense of self right and saturn has a little bit of a, a serious kind of a little bit feeling of being hard on us right so i wonder if a little bit of the adjustment or what's being asked here is kind of to get our own self in line or really kind of take charge about sort of where am I at with myself? Where am I putting my energy out? What I wanted to say is actually, do you think it's asking us to be a little harder on ourselves in a healthy way? And then with Neptune conjunct Venus to be a little more understanding, compassionate with others. That is one of the things I'm thinking about how they could play together. And I don't mean that by just letting someone off the hook. But I mean, maybe there's a sense of needing to take a little bit more ownership, Saturn can chunk the sun for myself and have actually have a little more room and grace for other people in my life. And that to me has a bit of a feel this to feel, you know, to this energy as well. Yeah, I can totally see that. I can see that in two different ways. I can see Mm -hmm. that in the personal sense of like our personal relationships, especially thinking about, you know. Saturn being so strong and the the sun being in detriment in Aquarius too. So, you know, kind of standing up against that own individual and the, you know, there is this kind of giving way um, or instability that comes with the consistency of, you know, the sun being able or the self being able to kind of show up and, and do this where, you know, we have to lend in the compassion factor and, you know, the unconditional love that comes there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And also it made me think of just on a collective level, because maybe there's certain things that the self wants to do that, you know, the environment of the collective in this particular moment is a little bit on the harsh side. And we have to, yeah. you know, we're distanced from what the self wants to express mm-hmm. or wants to shine. Um, maybe because of like certain people around the world that are, you know, there's like these bigger stories that are at play and in power dynamics, especially with, you know, Jupiter in, in Aries, uh, there, um, and, you know, Pluto getting very close to changing signs. So it could be very personal in the sense, but it could be going through these same motions that Mm -hmm. are based on just a collective awareness and things that are outside of our control that we are, we navigate with because we're part of this ecosystem of humanity. (laughs) So it's kind of like all these things at, Mm -hmm. at once, but, um, yeah. It'd be interesting to, to, to speak on once it happens to kind of just, and that's the beauty <laughs> yeah. of astrology, right? It's like we, you know, Tara and I could sit here all day and think about like, how's this going to manifest? Mm. But, you know, hindsight, <laughs> good old hindsight 2020. So this is a great learning opportunity to really yeah. look at like different dynamics and particular sign combinations and especially collective energies and these outer planet expressions and, um, how they actually do do manifest so Mm -hmm. i i know that i will be taking notes um but essentially this is how this is how aquarius season rolls out and you know we uh that moon in in calf what do we have the does aquarius season roll out with the moon going over pluto basically um and just you know just capping (laughs) things off real nice like let's, let's just conjunct this before we leave um, yeah. And so I think it ends with basically the moon conjunct, uh, Mercury there in, in Aquarius. So, I mean, what are your, ta- what are your takeaways on, uh, uh, Aquarius season? If you, you know, my good old questions of, if you yeah. had one, one word to describe <laughs> with all the complexity, what would it be? Hmm. As you can tell, I didn't plan on. I know, I know you ask a word, but I didn't. I didn't you don't have plan, to. It's but, best not to plan. This yeah, is, no, this I is didn't. An instinctual something. Yeah, this for me, it's. <laughs> for me, I know it's not a typical just Aquarian word, but it's courage. Mm. That's what I feel. I feel that. I mean, we are in Jupiter and Aries territory, mm. and we're only getting deeper <laughs> in it. Yeah. So that, that feel, that feels right. I mean, it takes courage to change your life. It takes courage to change your narrative. It takes courage to interact with Uranus. <laughs> it takes Leo courage. Moon. Well, yeah, but it also takes courage to be honest with where you're at. Right. True. And that's to me where it has to start. Right. So if we're really going to be objective with Aquarius, that's got to apply to ourselves too. And that takes lots of courage. At least for me, it does. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. you know, well, and that's, I feel like that's my word. It came, (laughs) it came out just saying that it's just truth. I mean, that's Mm. essentially, I feel like maybe honesty, honest, the honest truth, the cold, hard truth. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But I know I, 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 when you say that, I feel that. And that, and it takes courage to be in that space where you can, where you can be like this, that gets back to the getting real that we talked about. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it's it's true. You have to have <laughs> you have you have to have courage to face the truth. Because yeah. if you don't, I mean, you can't escape it. It'll find you. <laughs> yeah. So why not deal with it now when we are at the point of like all this potential of what could what can come after this? So so there you have it. You know, face face up to it. Get, look at the truth, have the courage to deal with your life in this present moment. Yeah. <laughs> because dealing with right. it in the present moment is going to help the future outcomes. Because the future is only built on the multiples of the present. <laughs> yeah. So keep that, keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> but overall, you know, let's say goodbye to Saturn and Aquarius because we are getting close. So, you know, yeah. consider this. The party, the exit party of, of Saturn <laughs> in Aquarius and our celebrations with with there. Just so yeah, I'm ready. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, you know how it gets to be the end of a party and you want to make sure that you know you say your goodbyes or you do, you know, whatever yeah. you, need, you need to do on the way out. I feel like that's a good advice, right? So like don't skip those steps because otherwise they'll just be like projected some route into your life later. So yeah. Yeah. You got to do those, those, uh, social responsibilities. You show walk up, around the room, <laughs> yeah. you walk around the room, you wait for their conversation to be over so that you can be in there and respectfully be like, That's thank right. you for your time. That's right. I Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, when you say that, that includes to the parts of ourselves that we need to shift and change, right? There's something to be said to circling around with those parts and thanking yeah. them for being there and doing their part. And I think that's part of this too. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, external parties, internal parties. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing's wasted in it, even if it's yeah, even if we thought we'd rather not deal with it. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, once again, character building. We are building, we're mm-hmm. <laughs> building that character. <laughs> oh my gosh well tara i think we did a i think we did a a bang bang on treatment of uh, aquarius (laughs) season 2023 um so where people where can people find you what do you got going on these days um well my my website is just taraall.com t-a-r-a-a-a-l.com lots of a's in my name but that's where to find me in my teaching world right now, my biggest thing is, uh, I mentioned before that I'm the resident astrologer at Sage Goddess, but Sage Goddess this year, Sage Goddess, we always have a big, it's a big metaphysical company, but we do a lot of online education and we have a whole, uh, like a, every year we have a new educational program with all kinds of metaphysics. And this year we added a proper astrology class, one every month, and I am co-teaching that with the Sage Goddess. So that's my big, exciting um, adventure and that just started this month. So it's called living astrology, which I love because I have a technique I work, work with called living planets first, which is moving planets to the ascendant, which is another conversation. But living living astrology, really, I mean, not just talking about it, but you know, experiencing it is something I'm really passionate about. So yeah, that's my big thing for 2023. That's great. I think I feel like we were just talking about that, like the whole experiencing the planet. So, you know, yeah. if you want to get into yeah. that living astrology, go check out is it on the Sage Goddess site. Is that how people go? Yeah, well, yeah, sure you, could, yeah, yeah you could go to yeah, sagegoddess.com. There'll be a whole section. The whole program's called Living Magic. 
there's a whole section there. And if you're interested in, yeah, or you can reach out to me, but I'm always geeking out on something. So <laughs> I'm happy to share it. <laughs> I love it. Well, of course, I will share Tara's information over on my website at energeticprinciples.com. So you can come on there to find these uh, same links as well. Uh, And of course, you can find me on Instagram at energeticprinciples. um, And uh, anywhere, anywhere I'm going to be, it's going to be energeticprinciples. Google it. You'll get there. You'll find me. Uh, Of course, I do personal consultations. So if you are looking uh, to look ahead or want to know more about what this year has in store, or even the next couple months or or natal chart consultations as well, you can reach out for that too. Um, Now, of course, sharing is caring. So if you enjoyed listening to this program Mm -hmm. or think someone else can benefit from uh, knowing ahead of time how to live in the moment, (laughs) uh, share, you know, share our program with friends um, who you think can benefit. Uh, leaving a review where you listen to the podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, if you want to leave a comment below to tell us uh, what you think this season has in store or what you're experiencing in your own life or any thoughts on Saturn and Aquarius, you know, anything at all, we'd love to hear them. It's always fun to engage and interact with listeners. Um, What else is there? I think that's it. So Tara, thank you again for joining me on the program. It was definitely a pleasure to host you once more. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks to everybody for tuning in when you do. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, good luck with Aquarius season. We'll see you on the flip side. And as always, may the stars be with you.